1: We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hi there. Welcome, everybody, to We Say Things episode 100, Hi. powered by Elgato. You can visit the no. link in the description of the YouTube video or any audio-related stuff that you guys use to see more information about the Wave 3 microphone that we are currently using. We love it. USB microphone, the best one I've ever had. And clicking on that link helps us, so we appreciate it, and we appreciate Elgato. Episode 100, Cinderin. Did you think that we would make it this far, genuinely, when we started?
0: I don't think in general, so no.
1: You've illustrated that episode after episode, so I yeah, appreciate your I'm honesty. I'm not really
0: much of a thinker. I'm I was about to say I'm a doer, but I'm also not much of a doer. I'm I'm there. You're That's you're present. That's the most important I'm, thing. I'm a present. You're right.
1: You know, this this is uh let me just illustrate what Sindarin does for the podcast, okay? He shows up, which is very important. Uh, he messaged me ten minutes after we were supposed to already start saying, Do you mind if we Start this, you know, in the future, perhaps an hour later, half an hour. Not later. an hour, half an hour. Even if it's ten minutes, you're I mean, an hour will be awesome, though. I'm you're bringing lie. this up during the beginning of the ugh, just the things I have to deal with. But we're supposed yeah. to start out with a very positive note, and I just want to say thank mm-hmm. you to all our patrons, our viewers, our listeners, everybody that has supported us through hundred episodes. We're not stopping. This is not, uh, you know, one of those oh we're done now, but uh from my perspective it's you know at the time i was not going through such a great time and i was pretty much out of the dota scene entirely and this has given me like this consistent thing that i have to do every week right and we've been very diligent i think i did not show up to one episode even though i wanted to do it because i sounded awful i literally lost my voice but i was still wanting to do it because this is the like in terms of content, this is the most fun that I have every week for sure.
0: Oh, uh, it has I'm nothing, really funny,
1: has nothing to do with Cinderin, though. I just want to throw that oh. out there so he doesn't get too big of a head. I'm really me. there. So, what do you have to say, Cinderin, after 100 episodes or before, technically?
0: Oh, another 100. I should have got a drink. Well, I'll cheer with this one, Shannon. You got something to All cheer right.
1: with? Yep, my Dota 2. Uh, what do you call your You're a Stein, Stein. Yes. So yeah, thank you guys, we appreciate you Uh, Let's, oh, before we get started with the patrons uh, We do want to announce, as we've kind of talked about week after week There will be a new schedule coming up for episode 101 and beyond Everything will stay the same, except it will be two days later So Thursdays instead of Tuesdays Uh, That's mainly because Valve, uh, you know they use us as inspiration. Uh, they try to fuck us at every corner. I don't know. Depends on what your perspective is on this whole thing. But uh, this will give us a better chance to actually talk about stuff that's more current versus things that happened a few days ago.
0: Uh, which Most of the cool stuff Valve drops is thir- Is Wait, what is it? Is it Fridays and on the weekend, right? No. The majority not, of stuff.
1: That's not right. No? Well, so... They switch it up. I wouldn't say they're consistent on anything, but if if we're doing it like Tuesday morning, that gives us one day possibly for something to come out. And Mondays are like the least likely day that they come out with stuff. So this gives us an extra two days to actually work with. So it's not going to be a catch-all by any means. If it if we wanted it to be, we'd come out with this on Saturday morning, but uh, yeah, we're just going to stick with Thursday. We'll see how it goes. Um
0: I mean, oh yeah, this. No, yeah, never mind. Never mind what I just said. This all is right. going to make
1: Valve's job a little bit more difficult because they have to wait until Thursday to get all their good ideas, which means they only get like a day and a half to actually come out with it during that week specifically. So apologies to Valve employees out there. Um. Okay. Let's uh. Let's say thanks to our beautiful patron list. I'll let you take the first half. Cinderman.
0: Is it just me or did it get longer? It is longer. Yeah. This is a long inbrush tier list. Thank Very you guys long. so much. Let's, uh, all right, I'll start. All right, so we'll start off with a disappointment. Sin, please prep for Epi, and don't wing everything. Still like you, though. We're winging it. True. Manu, I've just finished listening to the entire back catalog in time for the 100th episode. Congrats and thanks for the help this year. Holy shit. Depending on how many you had listened to in advance, that's some commitment to catching up.
1: He just listened to one more episode than usual.
0: Probably had listened to the first 98 and then... Yeah, I finished it. cultist no more. Sinner and watching in Bruges has saved me from the darkness. We haven't talked about in Bruges yet. That's true. Who knows if I watched it. New Ag Shard for DK grants him hybrid form. A passive transformation like Grow with buffs he retains in dragon form. So I guess that's uh, an idea similar to the... The anime, right? Yep. Okay. Telcontar Prime. I shaved my junk for this episode. Good on you. Still not getting any. Practicing falconry with a wooden bird. Not ready for a real one yet. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Two thumbs up when Sinneron was a crippled marine, healed by unobtainium spirit, then defended the tree and got married. No idea. Is this a reference to a movie? No. An anime or. Shakar, Boyko, Ustavka, Mutro, the Mega Pope, Shannon, Cannon's Dragon Man in Canyons with abandon, Scott and Gotham, Ti in New Zealand, good job, Zan Xavier, Suns Fan Pudge, Omega Lol, Nate Thicke's Zero One Hamscroats misses Fellowship of the Ping and thinks they should return as Return of the should come back as Return of the Ping. Episode one hundred wrestling match. I'm in. Be ready to enter. Be ready to enter the frying pan. All right. I think that's also,
1: half. thank you to for the one hundredth episode. I challenge you both on who can do a better karaoke impression. Winner gets to grab karaoke's testicles. Thank you. I, that's quite the prize. I don't even know what to say about that. Uh, Lick Shark T M Lion Spammer Novi Panda Dop. Eating chazz that makes you happy and healthy, underscore man, spreading COVID 19 at an alarming rate by attending the weekly Ben Alliance meetings, pitch black, wooden aftertaste, Dun talk, dyslexic lawyer, uh, anonymous. Peter, congratulations, 100 episodes is a huge accomplishment. I can't believe you put up with him for this long, kneebling. I don't know who he's referring I know. to. He's talking to me or you?
0: Me, for sure. It's okay. got to be me, right?
1: Uh, Ronnie Keel and Perka the Dirk, Mr. Perka Dirk, welcome, friend, welcome. Okay, so thank you guys very much. So with that, let's get started with the most pressing news of the week. Uh, do you know what a power ranking is, Cinderin?
0: Yes, I do.
1: Okay, so the NBA. dot does the power rankings every week. Uh, what's
0: my NBA question of the week?
1: Oh shit! Okay, I can look one up in the meantime. Uh, yeah, and you they, never
0: prepare for the episode. The, <laughs>
1: I'll bring it up as we talk about this. Uh, the Suns are ranked number one on one? this list, Sindarin. Number one. Can you believe
0: it? I what's literally the, where, What's it. the source of this power ranking? Is it sunsfans.com?
1: No, it's nba.com, like I said. So oh, thank shit. you, nba.com, for recognizing the greatness that is the Phoenix Suns. I still don't believe we won the championship or anything like that, but that's because I'm jaded and we're jinxed as a franchise. Uh, okay, your question then. We'll make it simple. Very simple for you. What yeah. is a triple double?
0: Um, that is, hang on, I actually know this one. Oh,
1: that's a lie. There's no way.
0: That is uh, one of the burgers from In and Out, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is true.
1: That is uh... technically correct. <laughs> well, no, actually, it's more like a three by two. It wouldn't, it wouldn't say triple double. It would say three by two in that case.
0: I've had those. You can't trick me. You can't fool me on this one. I know I'm right. I no, want my point.
1: It's X. It's whatever. I'll give it to you. All right. So in the NVA, a triple double is mm, when somebody. I could do one right now. <laughs> I God, you're making me hungry. Uh, a triple double is when somebody gets double digits in three categories of statistics. So, and there's only a few that they count. So points, rebounds, assists. Blocks and steals, I think, are the only five that they actually count. So you, you have need to get, to get
0: what in how many again? You need double
1: digits on three categories. Okay. And the NBA has kind of skewed into a more offense-friendly uh, game than versus, like, 20 years previous. So triple-doubles are more commonplace. Uh, like because the
0: hardest thing to do is to get...
1: Assists, probably, is the hardest. I think okay. double-double is the easiest with, like, points and rebounds. That's the most common. And then assists is a little bit more difficult. Uh, but if okay. you're getting assists and rebounds, that's usually a guard is getting ten rebounds, so that's difficult generally. So that's a triple double. Uh, in other news, I forgot to mention mention this last week for some reason, but I got my first vaccine shot, Cinderin.
0: Nice.
1: Uh, the Pfizer. Uh, it felt kind of oh, like good. this. Uh, it's like watching a movie. Going to this huge parking lot where you go, you didn't have to get out of the car at any point. They gave Nikki and I. The shot we didn't get to choose, but if we got to choose, I guess we would have chosen Pfizer anyway. Uh, then we have to wait like a few weeks, go back for our second dose, wait a couple weeks, and then we're good to go, so to speak. Of course, it doesn't mean it doesn't prevent us from catching the disease; it makes it a little bit more difficult, but it uh, prevents us from, in all likelihood, going to the hospital or dying from COVID. So, would recommend everybody that is able to get one uh, do so. At your earliest convenience? Yes. Unless you're in the EU and you really can't do it because the U.S. is hoarding every shot imaginable.
0: You've been really, really fast at rolling them out recently, right? The U.S. has been super quick suddenly.
1: Yeah. I wonder why. It's like something I changed. Guess,
0: uh, it's weird. I guess there was a, <laughs> a bit of catching up to do on that front.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Uh, it's good to be a rich country, I suppose. Okay. Yeah, that helps. And Then last thing... Uh, as we, it's funny looking at this outline uh, that a bunch of people are spectating right now because we made it public. There's like 10 different little mini topics before we actually get started. I would like to recommend, the Suns fan recommends is back, the movie oh. that is an Oscar-nominated movie, which we'll talk about the Oscars coming up soon on another episode, The Father with Anthony Hopkins. I will You spoil love you Anthony guys.
0: Hopkins, don't you?
1: I do love Anthony Hopkins, although I, would, I will say that generally the movies he's in I don't like. Isn't that weird? Like most of the movies he's in I think are garbage. I just really like him for some reason. thought he was really good in Westworld. Obviously already won an Academy Award for Silence of the Lambs. This is, bar none, the most impressed I've ever been with acting in this movie. I could, so this doesn't give anything away because if you watch the trailer you know like, I'm not afraid to get emotional during a movie. Like, I'll get teary eyed and whatnot. I was literally sobbing after this. This is the literal best performance I've ever seen. I don't know if he's actually going to win the Academy Awards because the awards are generally rigged by nature, uh, or they're more political, I guess, sometimes. I don't know. It depends mm. on the year. But this is, I highly recommend anybody that's able to watch this movie watch it. It's really fucking good. Um, okay. I'll watch it for episode 200. I- I'm not recommending it to Cinder. Okay, let's get started All right. with patch 7.29, Cinder, and I've done a little treat Ooh. here. Going to bring this up on... Oh, shit. Oh, you actually do work. Beautiful. I didn't even set this up. You just happened to be on my screen. So 7.29. Uh, I figured we would talk about everything except the hero and then talk about the hero after. Okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you tell me what you think is most important because... There's a couple of things that came out that obvious like map changes, which I don't know if you want to talk about, like specifics for uh certain ones and like the bounties being completely changed. And they actually just came out the recent update to make additions to that as well. So you tell me when you when what you want to get started with.
0: So I think it's best to like just break it into like key segments and look at the big stuff because there's so much in this patch like break going through everything takes hours. So of course yeah we're not gonna go through I think it. it's yeah so it's the thing that I'm mainly interested in is like the macro changes. It usually is. Like what are the bigger implications? And the mm-hmm. first thing is that I wanna highlight that I'm really excited about because we've talked about this multiple times in the podcast is a change to the predictability of a game, I think. Mm. So what I mean by that is in the previous many months we had a map where bounty runes would spawn at a set time, outposts would reward their give their reward at a set time. You would have neutral items give their drops at a set time. And then on top of that, you would have very um how to say very defined terrain. I'll give my opinion on that in a sec as well, with what they did. So first of all, the bounty runes, right? The runes were completely reworked to, well, not the power runes, they're still the way they used to be, except that they spawn at minute 6 instead of minute 4. And then at minute 4 and minute 2, now we get a so-called water rune spawning in both sides of the river that just restores a bit of health and mana, uh, but it can refill bottle. So, one of the things that mid laners have been complaining about for years is that they feel like the early runes are way too impactful for how the mid lane goes, um and now this is a way of trying to equalize it so you were suggesting something like this that what if a rune spawned at both sides of the river and one of them could just be a refill um two out of three i
1: believe is what i said two out of three on a bottle
0: yeah this is a full refill um not anymore oh did that just just get changed today they
1: literally just updated today uh, oh, well, a few I hours haven't seen ago, that, I just got that a, okay. both water runes and bounty runes fill your bottle two out of three.
0: Okay, and that's the only change. Yep, that's the only change. Micro, micro patch. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that's two out of three on that bounty. I think the reason they did it was because bottle was probably becoming too powerful. Because yeah. um, what they changed about bounty runes is that now they spawn every three minutes instead of five, but uh, they are relatively less impactful and uh, there's only two spots instead of four. So what happened in the previous patch was that teams would be forced to organize team-based movement around Bounty Rooms because they were too impactful and there were too many. Uh, And now these spawn every three minutes and they're like a nice pick-me-up thing that you can walk past, but you don't need to, you're not forced to organize movement. And the reason I think that's really good is that it's not the game telling you what to do, it's the game giving you resources and you can do with them what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, It's always been one of the things I love the most about Dota is that it's so extremely complex and deep, but the more you put in forced objectives, the more, in my opinion, you remove that from the game, because you're making one type of strategy just superior by default. Um, And I think this patch has really combated that really well, so first of all, that's awesome. Second thing is the outpost. It used to give a set amount of experience every 10 minutes, which was a big boost. Now it gives XP per minute, it's controlled. So kind of like think domination in Call of Duty or whatever, where you just wanna, you want to control it consistently to get a I little bonus. I
1: Battlefield personally, but yeah,
0: go ahead. Sure. Um, <laughs> but it's not about, again, you don't need to make this team-based movement around the 10, 20, 30 minute mark. It's rather about can we control the map, and it's not a disaster if you don't have it. It's, mm-hmm. it's nice to have, but it doesn't define the game nearly as much. Um, and then with the bounty runes that got removed, I should mention that we went from 4 to 2, the remaining gold in the game from bounties is the same um, to the extent that what the old bounty runes gave is now rolled into gold per minute for all heroes. So the GPM is just higher in the game and that obviously on average will benefit the losing team more because in the past they would get less than, four, less than 2 runes on average. Mm -hmm. Um, Now they get those, quote unquote, for free um, in their passive GPM. So I think it's super exciting. I'm really happy with it so far with the games I've played. Um, That's the first big thing. Then we have the map where I've been talking about these, how I wasn't a big fan of the eyes on the map. that were like really telling you where to ward. And there were like these really powerful spots. So it's still early days for this patch, but they've changed these spots a lot. Like the warding spots are totally different, and I think the high grounds that you get to ward are relatively less powerful than the previous ones. Mm. Um, they oversee key areas uh, like the previous ones did, but it's not. It doesn't feel so far like the wards are as just flat out insanely good because they cover the perfect clutches or. Uh, high ground paths or you know um, it's a little bit more of an info ward rather than just yeah th- than a f- than a fighting ward right it's that's like what the ice U- frog has
1: been listening to you all along send are you yes. ice frog by any chance
0: no okay
1: but i did a write question. a
0: long letter where i was like this is how i feel about dota and this is what i think and i think these the A lot of the improvements put in make me really happy, so I hope other people will enjoy this too
1: and so you not, wrote a letter uh, i take
0: did, I take full responsibility
1: <laughs> did you get a response, or you're just assuming they read your letter and huh? implemented? No, it?
0: no we write back and forth okay, that's good so
1: congratulations
0: it was, it was very good so I'm very happy want. with that that was the first thing uh then. A second patch pattern, I guess you could say, is reduction in move speed, Um, which is not something I suggest, but which I think is a great idea because the game's got... Movement has got too fast, right? Uh, Lots of heroes had these things where they could break the 550 move speed cap. Uh, Multiple things can't do that anymore. Uh, Many of the items that gave movement speed have been reduced by, like, 5 or 10. Um, So that's the theme of the patch. Then we have some neutral item reworks. I guess we should just quickly mention that royal Jelly is gone. Um, well, you missed a which, couple of
1: things. So TP Scrolls is Necronomicon's a pretty Necronomicon gone. You only start yep. with one TP Scroll. Uh, every time you yep, die, you true. get one TP Scroll, <laughs> which is yeah. very helpful for somebody like you, especially during the All-Star match. It would have saved you a lot of gold, actually, that game. Yeah, for sure. In particular. Um, uh, second Roche now is fully loaded with not only Aegis and shards, but too. a Shard as well. Uh, which is really yeah. cool. Uh, I love using it on the new hero. It makes me feel really powerful just to see that little blue that doesn't actually do anything, but people think it does sometimes.
0: Um, okay, yeah, go ahead. They removed Necronomicon. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's a pretty big story because this item has been a key part of Dota for many, many, many years. Uh, Are you I don't surprised think by we've... this? Uh, I thought it was going to get reworked, but then, yeah, removal is... I'm not mad at that. Um, so...
1: I Me neither. I, I didn't fun. really care. It's just... It, it feels like they just gave up finally. <laughs> I was like, fuck oh, this. I it's have a, a feeling five it's item either going to
0: come back in a different version someday, or that it's going to become a neutral item in a different form. Another could make item. Necronomicon a tier 4 neutral item.
1: Well, it's already a tier 5, basically,
0: right? Book of the Dead. Yeah, that's a super Necronomicon. I don't know. I feel like that should get removed. And then you could make Necronomicon a tier 4, maybe. I don't know. Um...
1: Sounds maybe. too good to be tier four though. But sure.
0: Yeah, maybe. You could rebalance the units and how strong they are, right? Always.
1: Yeah. Actually reading through these notes uh the first time since I was doing it live, uh probably should have read it first and then done the analysis with Brax because a lot of these are mega minor. They're not even worth mentioning. Like it just takes too long to go over everything. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of like blanketing things were changed. Uh like you're talking about, move speed especially, and uh, what was it? The cast range talents are all removed and replaced with other talents now?
0: Yeah, there's a cast, speed redu- uh, or a cast range reduction as well. Uh, both, like you said, the talents, Etherlens, Octrine Core, all had cast range re- reduced. Uh, the only item that did not have cast range reduced that has it, I think, is Seer Stone. That's, I Let think- me
1: ask you a question. At what, uh, so Mage Slayer, the recipes have been reduced by 200, okay, from 600 mm-hmm. to 400. At what point... Does it need to be free? Is it good if it's free? Tell me.
0: I think it might be slowly getting better than you think. I like that, But it also, it depends on the meta here, because in this patch, it's still early days, but I could see some casting heroes make a comeback because some of them got buffed a bit, and some of the things that made carries extremely powerful has been nerfed. I think worth highlighting is... um, Overwhelm on Abyssal Blade is not ranged anymore. And that's a really big nerf to a lot of carries. Yep, um, true. And I, I Raybier, love that change.
1: No true I, strike on Divine either is a huge true. change for a competitor. Because we were seeing Divine like every game that went past like 35. I think the item was minutes. too good. Yeah, I agree. So
0: I welcome this change. I think a lot of people were sad because they love seeing it. It's like a high risk, high reward item. It's exciting. Uh, but I think it can still be that without being as crazy as it was. And they even gave it plus 50 damage to compensate, so if you have true strike or if the enemy doesn't have evasion it's actually better now than before. Um, So, yeah. uh, What else is worth highlighting? A lot of spells got their backswing removed. Uh, Backswing (laughs) is the animation that happens after you cast a spell, uh, before you issue a new command. Uh, You could cancel the backswing if you have a good timing on when spells go off. You could stop moving and then order issue another command like you break the backswing uh i think this is just a quality of life thing to make things easier uh for players um i welcome that backswing is a weird thing that i don't really know what other games have this than dota actually um yeah these are these feel like archaic
1: ancient mechanics that just were never removed at any point for some reason where yeah. it's not really that necessary in all honesty you could balance it i mean i've talked about this a million times just with turn rate and cast animations being too clunky sometimes Mm -hmm. but yeah this one especially like if you look at all the different mechanics you go through every single mechanic of just attacking and uh, casting a spell there's like 10 different things right (laughs) if you add them all up which feels a little bit i don't know convoluted at times so do you think this makes like a general is this going to change anything as a whole or is it just one of those quality of life things
0: quality of life. I think it just feels nicer. I think at a pro level, this change is less impactful than at lower skill ranges, um, where I think it's just helpful for players to feel more of a flow in the game, probably. Um, but yeah, I think it's fine. I think removing backswing entirely is a little bit dangerous, because it allows for certain things to be too easy to execute, probably, and too powerful. If you imagine there was zero backswing, though you could cast some spells in succession without having to break the backswing would buff some heroes by probably more than you think. Um, So, yeah. I think backswing is is still good. I think
1: for the rest of the patch, do you want to just highlight a few heroes that you think... Yeah, I think so. ...are just either they were changed drastically or you think they're not going to be viable? Because the one I want to start with, even though it's not a major change, is Mm Axe. I know this is just my level of play, Sindarin, but the... The Scepter upgrade, which I think is really good if you have like a minus armor strat because you have to remember what it does. It For Ags for Axe, when you call somebody, first of all, it reduces the cooldown that's been buffed, so it reduces by three, the Berserkers call. Anybody you call, negative seven armor to them plus that armor to you and Battle Hunger is applied to them. So if you're like level 25, it's crazy. But in addition, so like in a minus armor strat, I think that's actually a legitimate item you can get. But the coolest part of this hero is they continually buff this offensive counter helix build with the shard. So Mm -hmm. before it was pretty garbage when you get like Manta style and all that, but now it's actually, I legitimately think extremely good because it, first of all, it doesn't share a cooldown. That's the big change from the last patch with the defensive counter helix. And now it increases the counter helix proc chance by an additional 10%, which is that it's 17% by, is it 17%?
0: 20, I think.
1: 20, so it goes from 20 to 30. I think it's that's is also in the defensive good. one. Yes, it increases it so, for both, and they're on separate cooldowns. So. Yeah,
0: it's really good. I think that even if you don't go an offensive build, you still buy the shard for the counter helix proc chance. I think it's really okay. strong. Like, counter helix is your main damage source. It's the thing you use to push waves. It's the thing you use to farm. It's the thing you use to deal damage in fights. It gets 50% better from the shard. It's really good, I think. Yep. Um, yeah, must buy, basically. All right, so
1: let's I just think. scroll down the list as... Fast or slow as you want, you tell me what you want to stop
0: on. Beastmaster quickly. Uh, Beastmaster got reworked quite a bit, so he lost Necronomicon, which means that was the key item that you would always buy in your aura slash summon build with the boars. But they buffed wild axes by a lot. And I've been seeing this build in my pubs recently where people will max wild axes in lane because they cost 15 less mana, down from 80 to 65. And then when you get Scepter... Scepter increases their damage by a flat forty, which is crazy, because as you know, the more you apply the access to people, the more they ramp up in damage. They have a percentage-based modifier. Yeah. Um, Beastmaster rushing eggs is a thing, and you will see it in your games probably in the future so you, if you haven't you seen smoke, it already.
1: You get ags first. You smoke into rosh, and you literally solo rosh in like you can solo twenty or thirty seconds. seconds. It's yeah. Absurd. I mean, this this is gonna get nerfed hundred percent, right? There's no way they're keeping this as is.
0: Right now, it's sick. I should actually play Beastmaster in my games because I I like wild axes, but I don't like cring all the little shits. But I know if I could just delete that
1: beast part of the Beastmaster, I'd like this hero a lot more personally. But
0: you know, I, I'm great at master.
1: <laughs> I love to be um, a masturbator, so you know,
0: yes, that's how it works. I know. How do you know? Um, <laughs> I, I could have guessed. Okay, uh, brood. <laughs> Yeah, Brood got totally reworked. Brood is a big rework. So Insatiable Hunger is a basic spell instead of the ult, and now the ult is Spawn Spiderlings, but it's one of the lowest cooldown ultimates in the whole game because it has a 9-second cooldown level 1. And the spiders that you spawn are the same as before, as far as I can tell, but uh, the Spawn Spiderlings deals way more damage um, as a spell. It ramps up all the way to 440 on level 3. And... The cooldown ramps down to seven. So Bruce is different. It got a new spell. It got Silken Bola instead of Incapacitating Bite, which got removed entirely. Um, so Brood now is more of a has more of an active play instead of being this gimmicky thing that only has the spiders. Now you also mm-hmm. have a slow uh, that isn't your attack, but is actually castable. It has a cast range of 750. And it deals a bit of damage. So I think Brood is more it's less one-dimensional which is something i welcome not because i think one-dimensional designs are bad but because the way in which brood was one-dimensional just sucked like i've yep. never liked this hero design and i like the new brood more because it feels less like a haha you have no counter i last picked brood you fucking lost to haha i last picked brood you're in fucking trouble but you might still win um, and right. i can pick brood in different positions and and times in the draft without feeling like i'm gimping myself because I have to be this perfect last pick to be impactful. So I like this.
1: Um I've only seen Let's it see how balanced in, it is with the numbers. Yeah, this is gonna be one of those it's impossible to tell, I think, without yeah. seeing a large sample size, because the one game I've seen played exactly like the old Broodmother, but I think that's more because the player themselves didn't play it like maybe it should be played
0: right now. Um But even if then, right? This the new playstyle doesn't come into play until level six, whereas in the past it would come into play at like level three or four. Right. So you're delaying that spawn spiderlings problem by at least a few minutes, and that can make a really big difference for some lineups.
1: I I definitely welcome these changes. I'm interested to see how this hero... I mean, She has like a single target route now, so by Mm. default, instead of just getting a shard. So that's cool to see.
0: Uh, Centaur buffs,
1: yes! Just barely. Okay, moving on.
0: Yeah, a little bit uh i want to mention the maiden shard because it's hilarious oh yeah this one <laughs> you can move cast and attack during freezing field when you have the shard and your move speed is reduced by 75 percent. but there are a couple of things in the game that sets your move speed to maximum stampede haste rune and surge oh. Oh. so if you're with any of these heroes in your team you can cast your ult and move around <laughs> with haste in the fight <laughs>
1: that's it's cool. fucking
0: sick that's cool. it is so good I actually played Maiden Centaur in a game the other day, uh, and got the shard for that reason. Unfortunately, we were against Silencer, so I had to wait for global every time. (laughs) But when global was down, it was really, really fucking fun. And if you have BKB, this is wild. There's a legit strategy in this for. Do you think,
1: think? Do you think this? That's intended. It's one of those like, is that technically a bug or is that a feature, right?
0: Uh, they end up there's deciding. no way they haven't thought about it, but maybe they thought, let's see how broken it is. Because right. uh, it's It's one of those things where, by design, it's something that you can build a strategy around, but inherently, I don't think the shard itself is broken. Um, <clears throat> but I think if you have it with in combo with that and the enemy does not have a solution, it can be extremely powerful. But it's still counterable. You can get BKB, you can have mobility heroes, you can have magic resistance, you can stun, silence the maiden, if she doesn't have BKB, and then... We're back to square one where, well, Maiden needs to get a BKB, which is already a challenge in itself, right? So, right. I, I think it probably is fine, but it's a cool strategy that you can run. Uh, Am I crazy? You can also Wolf Bite, which is true. You can also oh, Wolf Bite the yeah, Maiden. That's true.
1: Am I crazy? I, I don't want to talk about talents normally, but I'm 125 Crystal Nova AoE at level 10. Really good. That sounds enormous. That's it's
0: huge. Really
1: normally at a level 10, you'll see like 50 AoE increase or something. What the yeah. hell?
0: Okay. I, when I saw this talent in game, I played Maiden and I was like, oh, nice level 10 out well, of my talents. I was like, what is this? And I grabbed that immediately. It's really nice. The old talent was 75 cast range, uh, which in many cases would be better than the new one because of Frostbite. But in all of the cases that you're not prioritizing Frostbite, the Nova AoE is just better. When it has 125 more AoE, that means it has 125 more cast range too, indirectly, because the range is just that bigger in all... Directions, um, so really nice.
1: How many talents have been deleted from the game now? Respawn talents, gold per minute talents, cast range talents. Yeah, that's it. I think. Is that it? I feel like there's so. one
0: more. Okay. XP talents. Yeah, XP talents. XPM, GPM, and yeah, cast range. That's crazy. And all respawn. Right, we've we've yeah. come a long way. All and right. I honestly think all of those removals are good. So.
1: Oh, this is one I wanted to talk about. Dazzle, uh, his yeah. shard. I believe, yeah. Now causes Poison Hmm. Touch to Hex, affected targets for 1.25 seconds. So between him, we didn't really talk about Bane, but Bane has a similar one with Brain Sap as like an AOE. So they're giving these heroes some ability to counter like illusion heroes. That's the first thing I thought of with the Hex because that instantly kills illusions. Uh, What do you think about like this idea of making these supports a little bit more versatile? Mm,
0: I think it's fine. Uh, I don't know how good this Bane shard really is because the thing, while all these things sound nice, you always need to remember that it comes with the 20-minute tag on it. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see how long games start being. That's always something that's going to be interesting because if the average game time goes up by 10 minutes, those shards get way more appealing because then they have value for a lot longer and you can actually farm something with them. Um I'm a little bit hesitant to say I think it's amazing on Bane. I think the Dazzle one is really good, though. Like, that one is just sick, because it counters illusion heroes super hard. Dazzle can just kill all of Peel's illusions by pressing one button, for example. Praise, um, Praise game. He can Praise remove game. mantas. Hmm. Hmm. He can, yeah, really, really strong shard. Uh, Manta also got a buff this patch for ranged heroes, so you're going to see it more, on like heroes like Luna, Drow, Medusa are going to make a comeback. I think all those three will be picked more. Um, Because melee carriers got nerfed by the Abyssal change, and ranged heroes got buffed by the Manta change, and that can swing the balance by a lot. Um, Yeah, so this this shard is really, really good. It's dope. Okay, let's see. Doom got a pretty major rework. He got three base armor, which is the most I've ever seen a hero get, I think, in a patch. He went from zero to three, and then Devour lost all of its regen. (laughs) So... Uh, he's tankier but has less regen, and this, on average, makes him stronger because he is just tankier when Devour isn't running, and as the great game progresses, the flat 3 armor is just stronger than the base regen because percentage-based damage reduction is stronger than some HP regen when you get later into the game.
1: Yeah, so, so Devour, as it scales, does get more gold, but yeah. you lose your level 15 talent, which I think most people went for. Actually, it was felt like a 50-50, but... We didn't see mm-hmm. Doom that often. Uh, yep. so yeah, excited to see some Doom back in the play. I was uh, expecting bigger, births. bigger buffs for Dragonite because of the the anime, but some slight things. Yeah, here.
0: he got he got some love though. It's yeah, decent, it's a little bit, a little bit. Although I they're mean, getting it rid of some True Strike as
1: well. Enchant Totem from Earthshaker, that's gone now.
0: Actually, in in some ways, he got nerfed actually. When I look at this, so he got more cooldown on Dragon Tail and lower mana cost on low levels and the damage went up by a little bit, which is relatively insignificant. So usually Dragon Knights would go four one four one 4 build, so you just have one point in stun, which is a value point. And if you go that build now, you just have four-second longer cooldown on your stun. I don't think he needed that.
1: I didn't realize when before I read it the first time that the Fireball Shard didn't work unless you were in Dragon form. That sounds like absolute dog shit. So now it's yeah, this is it's actually something you want to get to farm. This is actually good now.
0: Mm-hmm. So. It's better. Dragon um, tells actually it's flat out worse on level 4 and cooldown. It's a second longer cooldown. So hmm. with Earthshaker's enchant
1: totem no longer going through through uh true strike that's divine rapier as well and I can't remember if there's any more but evasion is getting stronger now as a result of these changes. MKB got a slight buff in that regard but yeah. It's like the only item now that I guess bloodthorn, right? That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's keep Um, scrolling down. Oh, faceless, I've seen this as a support. Tell me, is this actually a thing? Why? Why?
0: That could be a thing now. So basically, time dilation got changed to deal damage per cooldown you lock over time. It deals DPS and uh, it locks the cooldowns for a shorter time, but yeah, deals damage and has lower cooldown on lower levels as well uh, and a slightly shorter duration. So. The theory of Void as a support has been around for a bit because he can favorably trade against a lot of lanes that are burst-based, because they can't burst him. He can time walk it off. Um, And time dilation is just conceptually an extremely powerful ability for a support to have. You can manipulate the outcome of a fight, and you have a huge AoE ulti that does no damage but stuns everyone, which you can build a lineup around. Mm -hmm. So now that dilation does damage and you got one base armor... Your hero is a lot stronger in lane as a support, so I could definitely see this being a thing. I, this could. Disgust, I
1: just want to go on record saying this disgusts me. Absolutely to the core.
0: I like it. I like Void. It's one of my favorite carries. I, if I can play that support, hell yeah.
1: I mean, if, if cool. I see, That's true. That's a good point. If you're stuck playing support, then maybe it's good to play a hero that's meant to be core. Uh, okay, keep our place here, because I do want to talk about something earlier I forgot to go over. I think the most broken shard in the game is actually Bounty Hunter, Cinderin. 40% sure. reduced incoming damage while invisible. So I wasn't mm-hmm. sure about the wording. I tested this out and played it in a game. Doesn't matter if they can see you. Obviously, it would be garbage yeah. if it worked that way, but had to yeah. check. Attacking out of invisibility also stuns for one second and lowers the cooldown of Shadow Walk by five seconds. This thing. I don't like the design of it. So first of all, just to give you an idea of 40% damage reduction, Centaur's Aghanim Scepter Stampede gives 40% mm. damage reduction, obviously to the And Nyx
0: Burrow, right?
1: Right. So you're getting that. While this has 100% uptime, Shadow Walk, you never have to come out of it. You're taking 40% less damage. You're basically invulnerable, it feels like. Uh, this. The reason I don't like this one, and we're going to talk about it a bit because there's a, a tease of something potentially to come. The reason I don't like it is because this feels like an item you just have to get. If you don't get it, you're doing it wrong. Am I incorrect in that? You know, no, I the, could
0: see that. Like I the design that.
1: behind that where you have to buy something or you are making the incorrect decision. That's why I don't like this. But then it yeah. could just be a number thing. If it was 20%, then maybe sure. it's fine. I
0: don't know. Yeah, this is. I, I agree. I think you just broken. true in the numbers and then it could be fine. But the other thing is, is it an interesting design, right? There's a lot of these shards that are cool. I don't know if mm. this like how interesting this is. It's really strong, so the player will enjoy it probably for that. I reason. enjoyed
1: it quite a bit. I liked it. But quite if a you bit.
0: change the numbers, <laughs> does it feel interesting? I'm not so sure. Yeah. But yeah, that does sound pretty wild. That's an insane shard. Uh, speaking of insane shards, Grimstroke yes. um, okay. is my next one on the list because I tested this. So what it does is he used to have this other spell called.
1: I think it was garbage. I forgot
0: what it was called. Who cares It was Anymore. called garbage, I think. It was um,
1: generic DPS slow or whatever the hell was. Horrible.
0: It, it slowed move speed and dealt damage or something. Or slowed move attack or whatever. I don't even remember, see? So the new one causes your Inkswell to deal 50% more damage. So that should be both the tendrils and the explosion. And heal the target for 50% of the damage ink Swell deals. Upon expiration, the target will receive a strong dispel. So basically, your carry goes in, you put this on him. He goes on literally anything. He's dealing more damage than before. He's healing while doing it. And if you try to stop him by dispelling or stunning or whatever, as soon as Inkswell expires, he gets a photic Shield cast on him, except there is no damage block, basically. Right. But not only that... This against any illusion-based hero, like PL, or Manta heroes, or Naga, I tested this in demo. You can have a PL level 30 hit an axe level 30 down to 20% HP, you put Inkswell on the axe, and if the PL doesn't doppelganger, axe kills all the illusionists and get full health. Sounds good to me. Fuck PL. So, this is really, really good, and... My concern with this is, like you said, it's an every game purchase, maybe. I think it's just too good. It sounds so crazy probably, to me. Probably, yeah. It does. Yeah, probably, like You can buy a strong dispel. Think about that for a second. It's not instant, I know that, but the fact that you can pair this with basically any melee carry in the game, and they can now safely engage for you, mm-hmm. because they know exactly when they're receiving a strong dispel, and there's no counter to it. If you If you purge him... The Inkswell pops, deals damage, stuns, heals the carry, and then the strongest spell still comes into effect, and then you can BKB, right, if it gets dispelled, So pretty wild, wild stuff. Yeah, that's a good um, one. Hoodwink, one of my so, favorite okay. heroes.
1: Yeah, explain mm-hmm. this to me. So we'll talk about her Ags and Shard in a second, but mm-hmm. to my not, they nerfed everything about her, right?
0: She got nerfed quite a bit. here. Well,
1: I, I, cannot, I don't understand. She wasn't even good.
0: No, I, I don't, I don't think she needed nerfs, but I think this is default... This is basically default approach when a hero gets added to CM. I feel like this is just a pattern. Uh, Icefrog is really careful that we don't add a hero that's broken into captain's mode because um, that mode is, you know, has more on the line than just your average pub. So the usual approach is let's weaken the hero, put it into CM, and see how good it is um, when it gets to be played in a competitive setting. And if it sucks, it's going to get buffed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so. I feel
1: like that's what bans are for but you know if some, if anyone's yeah, getting banned the... literally every game then you can just nerf her a little bit you can come out with a yeah you patch. could do it the
0: other way around but then you're kind of putting then you're just making the second pick team inherently disadvantaged in every draft right? if they have to ban Hoodwink they have one less ban every game
1: I mean I, it's not that I don't understand your perspective I'm just saying from a viewer so. perspective it would be cool to see Hoodwink and we're not going to sure. see her because she's fucking garbage right now
0: uh i think we might see her because she's not extremely broken right if she was really powerful and you didn't have experience playing against it you would default to banning it a second pick team so i think of it in that way instead of the other way around
1: uh, we'll see, we'll um, see. we'll see but maybe
0: it's too bad we'll 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 need to see but she got scepter and shard now yep the shard is decoy where you send an illusion with scurry to a target location and when the illusion is attacked or hit by a target ability, it's destroyed, plants a tree, and applies lesser bushwhack to heroes around it. I think this shard gets worse the higher the skill the game is. Because the better players are, the more obvious it is that... You, you know, you can't... One thing you can do with illusions at any skill level is simulate human behavior. Mm. You can't do that with this. You literally walk in a line with the illusion and it's not controllable. Right? So it's a point-click scurry movement. So and that is so obvious. Two thirds of the time, at least, that that's an illusion, right? How do you simulate that? That is yeah I, an I actual think, hero running.
1: I mean, I know that you think lower people suck, and it's probably true. But I think the shard still sucks regardless. I think it's really yeah. Bad. I
0: think it's 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 worse the higher up you get, and it's probably still not good lower down. So yeah, it's, still it's like good. exceptionally bad at high school, I think. But we'll see. So, so Maybe far, you
1: think the hero, which was you thought a little underwhelming before this patch, got nerfed heavily and has a shit shard. We haven't gone over the ags yet. You still think this is going to get picked?
0: Right. Maybe I'm PC. being told it is controllable. All right. I'm actually going to demo this. Then I feel like the wording is just weird. Yeah, so send check. a decoy
1: illusion with scurry to the target location.
0: Yeah, why would it send it to the target location? Why wouldn't it just make a decoy and then you control it? Like, why does it have to be ground target then? That's just a weird wording. I just, I immediately assumed that it was that way. I didn't even test it because of the wording. It really sounds like... If it's controllable... Uh, okay, I need to quickly demo this because maybe it's only controllable after it reaches its target. All right, I'll but then you should literally the, just cast it in melee range.
1: While you test so it, you I'll go over it. the Aghanim sec- Scepter. So Grant's new ability, which we kind of talked about because it was in the files... We didn't know anything about it other than Hunter's Boomerang being the name. Tosses a boomerang in an arc at the target enemy. Upon contact, it returns to Hoodwink. The boomerang will deal 350 damage as it passes through or hits enemies and apply a Hunter's Mark that causes affected enemies to be slowed 20% and take 25% more spell damage and have 25% reduced status resistance for 7 seconds. So they basically put every single mechanic imaginable into this Aghanim Scepter. Uh, You're the Hoodwink player. Is this a good axe? Sounds decent.
0: I think this is strong. And not only is it strong, but it's also an item on a hero that... I think you know what I mean if I say itemization on Hoodwink is awkward, right? Because it's like, you really want to use your ult, but if you use your ult, then you want to stand in a safe position where you don't get countered. And that means you're out of range to use your other spells. And if you go in and use your first spells, you want to get away... So you can cast your ult, or you are likely to get countered because you're in vision range. So having another spell that is that plays around both of the aspects of your hero is really strong, because it feels like there's something you can buy that has a clear purpose a lot of the time. Um, one of the luxuries Hoodwink has is that it has a really strong mobility spell that goes through trees, so therefore a lot of the time you could buy like whatever the team needs. Is it a Yules? Is it Atos? Gleipnir? you know, these items that can control. Um, but it still, it still had these moments where it feels like I wish there was like something clear-cut that I could buy in this game that just feels good with my kit. I think this is that item. So I'm pretty hopeful for the scepter. I haven't tried Hoodwink since the patch yet, uh, but this is an item I would likely buy most games uh, because it just fits nicely. I tested the thing, by the way, with the shard. Um... It literally just makes an illusion that's controllable. So okay. I find it a little bit weird that you can even ground target it. Uh, I guess it's to make it seem less obvious or something, but you would have to cast it from fog anyway or the enemy would just see that you may spawned it. So mm-hmm. I don't really think it matters that much that it's ground target.
1: Okay, so with that in mind, is this shard better than we thought then? I mean, obviously, it's that a makes bit, it better.
0: It's better than I thought. I still don't think it's that good, but it's clearly better, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if it was literally just target point and then it stands there then you would have to cast it far away, have it run, and hope the enemy team jumps on it. But now you right. can control it. So it's, it's better, but still not sold. Uh, Invoker lost his old eggs, which was the Ice Wall. And now he got two extra Chaos Meteors. Yeah! Very rarely better, I think. But some situations, having these three Meteors can be sick with, like, Chronosphere, Ravage, these, like, big AoE control spells. Could be a cool thing. Like, sure. Cataclysm plus Triple Chaos Meteor... Yep, that's something we're going to see some clips of in Chrono, I'm sure.
1: On support uh, Void. You just Chronosphere yes. on your position yep. 5 Void. Set that up. Yep. Sounds good.
0: Uh, what's next? Uh, shard for Legion gives oh. press the attack spell immunity for okay. 1.75 seconds and let reduces the cooldown by 3. Really strong.
1: It's very good. It's very good. And the, the Scepter no longer grants spell immunity, by the way. And mm-hmm. people that duel... Uh, instead of 100% damage reduction, is 50% from the outside. So this makes, and the Scepter is now, cooldown is reduced by 20%. This makes Scepter, I think, overall worse because the counters to duel already will work, right? Like the Shadow Demon, Disruption, uh, Bane, Sleep. I mean, there's a million different things in the game. So not having that spell immunity is huge. Uh, if they had just kept the spell immunity and not gone and just given the 50%, I think that would have been fine um but the thing i don't like about this and it sounds like they they, they listen to this podcast right? right we, we've already established this they obviously hard disagree with my take on legion commander this makes her it's even more important more emphasis on fucking press the attack for god's sake duel is the cool spell give press the attack to somebody else remake legion commander already this is a, a shard you have to get now Press the attack, yeah, even more true. important. The, little, the only reason this hero is picked is because of press the attack already. This just makes that even more so. Disgusted. Disgusted with the choices
0: here for Legion. They buffed overwhelming odds. Fuck that shit. Ten more radius per level. I hate it. It's very good, though. I hate it. Um, okay, so my take on the hero is I agree with what you said that press the attack is probably too important compared to the rest of the kit. But I thought the Scepter duel was just lame, so I'm honestly happy to see it changed. But it was garbage. I don't know if this is how it should be changed. It's just it, I still it was, I found it to be a weird design, uh, and like the, the the fact that two heroes just fight each other one v one in the middle and nobody can do anything to them. You just watch. It's just very strange to me. Really, somehow. I kind of like that actually. It just, I, mean, I know I know it, it's unique, it but I just mostly don't, that's the yeah problem. it. Yeah, so you buy this Scepter, and two-thirds of the time you hate it because you want to duel someone, and then your team can't kill them. Yeah. And then the enemy team gets there in time, and, and it's a fight. Like, it was just... I don't know. I like that others can participate, at least. Even if their damage is reduced, they can be a part of the duel now. Uh, but maybe Scepter is so weak now that you don't buy it. So maybe you should just change You it. played the it in the old cool star pretty dope, though.
1: What do you think if the agonyms for duel is just... Anytime, anybody in the radius attacks they duel the buildings as well. That just is like absolutely the... terrible. Okay, yeah, next just checking. Yeah. That was a lot of fun. That, that was my one of my favorite ones in the, the mod by the way. It was, was really, really fun funny, to watch. Actually. Yeah. Uh, life um, stealer, I want to talk about feast now does max hp as damage again. This hero is back. He's back and open wounds, which is the shard, also applies 2% of the max target's hp and damage for each hit. That's fucking awesome. Including allied heroes. Owns, exactly. Anybody that hits the target with open wounds, 2% max age. This hero owns. By the way, okay, I know I suck at the game. I'm only like Ancient 3 now. Garbage. Dropped from Divine. But I actually used Aghanim Scepter Syndrome. It is hilarious. Holy shit. This item is so funny. Like, playing against an Enigma, all they want to do is just jump in you, or jump in and Black Hole... And you're able to cancel their, their shit with an Abyssal Blade, which now sucks now, so I guess you can't really do that. But you just jump inside there and they can't do anything. Do you know how funny that is? God. It gets like, what is it, four hits off, I believe, in the time span? It's, it's a good scepter. I don't know if the pros are going to get it, but it's fun at the very least. I think this hero is They're going to get it go if
0: Lifestealer becomes a thing, which it looks like he will, because it, it actually has a lot of really cool uses, the infest. So, yeah, I think Lifestealer is probably back off this, that hero was trash last trash. Time. Let's yep. just be honest here. it was super bad. And Sadly. now it might be getting pretty good. So I mean he has amazing
1: we'll attack speed now, and now he finally gets his damage back. So he gets the best of mm-hmm. both worlds pretty much. I mean, the damage isn't as much as it used to be, but it's still a good amount. It, it's yeah. very noticeable. So
0: I'm happy. Uh, next lion shard. Uh, uh, I want to mention this because it's first of all you fucking hate it, which is hilarious. I hate this stupid. Thing um, Mana much. drain got buffed. <laughs> uh, no, actually, not really. It got buffed on level one in terms of cooldown, which is when it annoys you the most. Probably is when lions have it early. Yep. But correct. you can break it a little bit easier. And it has a bit longer cooldown later levels,
1: but you know, I was actually surprised to read that the break distance was twelve hundred and not global, because that's what I was um, under the impression based on all my games. So fuck the stupid hero,
0: garbage but design. But his shard causes mana drain to affect up to three enemies. You become spell immune while channeling. So the reason this is interesting is actually less than the mo- less for the mana drain than more for the spell immunity for me. It's like. You enter a fight and you cast your spells. And if you have a feeling that something is about to happen to you, you can make yourself spell immune and dodge stuff. Yeah, it's like getting mischief on lion. It's really weird. I, I can't really. I feel like this is an item I want to buy, and it will take some getting used to, but could be hilarious. And he's even I better even,
1: against illusions just, now because you don't have to get to level twenty to get the plus two mana drain hmm. multi-target.
0: So, I don't know. It sounds yeah. it sounds pretty funny. I, and weird at the same time. I don't actually know how good this is. I don't I don't know how much I like the design either, but it sounds hilarious. So we'll see. Garbage. Um, then what's, what else is worth mentioning? I've
1: been uh, seeing a lot of people talk about how Luna Shard is going to be a thing now. I'm not sure. I haven't actually seen it myself, uh, but it does sound like it. I mean, longer duration stun. I think it still provides vision, right? And now you get a a glaive essentially hitting that location so bouncing back and forth i mean yeah it feels like these these carry. it's not like an agon. like we talked about this before with these carries that are able to farm a lot like would they get an agonem scepter i mean it sounds good but can you fit it in your slot now you can eat the eggs obviously but a shard is mm-hmm. only 1400 gold for a lot of like this could be a support here i don't fuck i mean you play that as support but it sounds like it's a good
0: shard now, it scales sure. with being a carry as well now, right? Yeah, That's the exactly. thing. The Moonglave damage is based on your own, so I could definitely see that being a thing. Yeah. Um, what else is there? I, th- I want to mention Medusa. Um, she just gets flat mana on her mana shield, and then she lost some int gain. So she lost 0. 0.4 int gain, and every point of int is 12 mana. Mm-hmm. So that means every level she loses 40% of 12, which is... How much?
1: Why like would you ask I don't
0: have access to five, a calculator right now, okay? About five. She loses about five mana per level. Okay. But mana shield now gives a hundred mana level one and then plus fifty per consecutive level. So Medusa is way tankier. She's just better. Flat but out that's just better. Exactly what she budget. needed.
1: More tankiness. Um, By the way, we didn't even mention the plus yeah. two stats thing. What are your thoughts on that? Plus two stats are
0: back. Oh yeah, the attribute bonus. Um, yeah, how do we not mention that? So, you can pick attribute bonus up to seven times, and it gets default picked for you if you have nothing else to pick. The first time that happens is on level, I want to say, 17. Um, it's the first time you cannot pick a skill or a talent. Or maybe it's 16. Um... But you can also make it part of your build earlier if you think attribute bonus is better for your hero at the given time than skill points, you can do that. So the number one hero that comes to mind that used to do this was Burning on Anti-Mage, who went 1-1-1 one, 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 and then got all the stats. So you got the... I still think that could be a build, but most heroes, the spells by now are so good that attribute bonus will mostly be trumped by the spells. Right. But I think giving people the choice is cool. I like it. I actually Again, disagree. It's more options.
1: I disagree. I think it makes it more you convoluted think it's for no reason. I, I don't know anybody other than you that actually wants this back. I like brain dead mode where you don't have to think about it. I know you still can do brain mode if you want, but it looks like absolute yeah. garbage in the UI. And I don't know.
0: Yeah, they could make it look better for
1: sure. Once, that, once, that, once they got rid of the plus stats mechanic, I was like, that's great. That was garbage. Like seeing a juggernaut with four levels of Blade Fury and then just stats the rest of the way. I'm sick of that shit. Garbage. Get that shit out of here. Not interested. You're not an know. OG
0: Dota player, Shannon. That's I, why you don't. I, that's like the it.
1: sad thing. I am, and then I played Han and realized how much better that game was. <laughs> oh, if only you would played Han with me, Cindran. <clears throat> if only we knew yeah. each other back then. The yeah. To the dark side, you know. Uh, okay. What else? Moving on.
0: Okay. Uh, Wukong eggs uh, on Monkey King. The the scepter no longer attacks Roche, and the soldiers die when you die. So, pretty big nerf to that. But the scepter on Monkey King was also pretty crazy. Yeah. Morphling pays mana to shift attribute, oh, yeah. Shannon. Huge nerf. That's Huge big, nerf. big fucking nerf.
1: Yeah. Some of these, uh, some of these heroes just need to be deleted. Like, if they're gonna make them unplayable, just delete them. You deleted Necronomicon. Just nobody wants to see Morphling in the game anymore. He's the worst model, worst play style. If you, somebody picks them in your pub, either, if they're on your team, they lose horribly. If they're on the other team, it's a smurf and they win.
0: Just delete them. Nice. Nobody's interested. It's next level, though. They don't want to remake the model, so they just nerf it, so nobody wants to pick it. <laughs> then you don't have to bother.
1: Nice. <laughs> yes, that just counts um, as an extra hero that they have to bounce. But
0: yeah, it's easy. Yeah, but it's easier to add. It's better for all the advertisement that Valve does on the game that they can say they have this many heroes. <laughs> so you still want the hero in there, so you can say they have a plus one hero, right?
1: Uh, do you really want to showcase morph? Unless you're the Singapore major and put them in your the actual backdrop, this is the last model you want to show up in a
0: game. <laughs> I think it was a good choice. Okay, yeah. Necrophos. Um, I played this year, I this want to mention this guy. Yeah. So I read these changes, and I was like, eh, I still don't think he's going to be good because I think he has the same inherent issues. And then I played against him two games, and I played him two games, and holy shit is it noticeable how much better he is. It is... Really, really good. So, your attack animation is 25% faster, which makes last-hitting and harassing enemy heroes easier. Your projectile flies faster by 33%. So again, it makes last-hitting faster. It makes all damage you do faster. So all of your attacking stuff, just basic hero stuff, is just better. That's Mm -hmm. already awesome. Then, Ghost Shroud got buffed, so it slows more on lower levels. Heartstopper is just flat-out better. It regens more on all levels, and it lasts a second longer. Reaper Scythe has better cast point, so you kissed your ultimate faster. And then your shard is reworked to like put decrepify on an enemy or an ally, and inc- reduce enemy magic resistance, so it synergizes perfectly with your kit. You put this on an enemy, you hit a death pulse, and you can Reaper them, and they can die if they've taken any damage from any other ally. From well, You
1: decrep them, and it causes a death pulse to apply in that area as well.
0: Yes. Right? Yeah. This
1: is so cool. I think one. The I like bounces, this. Card.
0: Right? This hero is really good. I played it too. This is a hero I just want to play right now. I, I feel like Only I feel issue so strong I had in with lane him is when I I don't
1: know how you feel. Probably different at your level, but I felt so slow the whole game.
0: But you're slow.
1: He feels, he feels strong still. I, I, Everybody I else got slower though.
0: Keep that in mind. True, true. So relative to last patch, you're faster, but you're still slow, of course. Like if this hero was fast, like holy shit, what's his weakness, right? Right. Um, but yeah, I think he's good, and I think he will be a meta hero in Pro Dota actually. But we'll see. In this in this form, I could definitely see him being a, a strong pick. I feel
1: disgusting saying it, but I like this hero. I've always liked. Ever since they I changed like Ghost Shroud, they brought Ghost. I have not played him much. I liked his mm-hmm. old version, but. Willing to give this more of a try, especially against a lot of these melee carries that they have to buy a Nullifier. I mean, Nullifier still hard counters you and mm-hmm. I guess Spirit Vessel as well.
0: What was it he had before? He just he just got an extra spell, right? He just had hard supper as one skill and then he had the region stuff as the third skill.
1: Yeah, it was... And then they oh combined
0: it into one and gave him the Ghost it's Shit, a really what was big it
1: called? Change. Oh, that's going to bother me now. Somebody in chat tell yeah. us what it was called. Shit.
0: Sadist, I think.
1: Yeah, Sadist. Thank you. A Sadist yeah. would know that name. Okay. Yes. All right, moving on.
0: Um, we're almost through the list by now, I think. Essence Flux, so OD shard, which I would have coined as the literal worst shard in the whole game,
1: uh,
0: now feels like it has a use, because instead of being a 1.5 second channel to swap your HP and mana around, it's a 0.75 second cast time. Mm -hmm. So it's twice as fast, and it transfers all health and mana instead of 75%. So you can imagine a fight where you go in, you cast your stuff, you're starting to get low, you take a lot of damage... You have a very fast way of transferring your mana into health, and then obviously you can regain your mana by attacking with orbs or casting other spells. Uh, I can see this being useful, actually. Um, But we'll see. Maybe it's still bad. Maybe it's too good. It
1: still sounds awful to me, but I hate OD, so that's okay. Uh, I want to talk about Pango briefly because uh, he got nerfed a little bit, uh, but the big change for me is the duration of the ult. By default, Why did that need to from, get
0: increased? Well, this is Why? my theory.
1: So it goes from 8 to 10, and he still has that talent that gives him three extra seconds. I think this actually buffs the other talent, which is the 2.5 second shield crash. This incentivizes Aghanim Scepter more, because instead of, in, like, the issue, like, you're giving up plus three seconds, but now if you give up plus three seconds, okay, because you get two additional, like, just the base amount is more to begin with, so it's less percentage mm-hmm. increase. So... Hopefully this—I don't know if it's enough, but obviously this is my favorite here in the game right now. So the the right. Let's look at this from a conceptual
0: standpoint. You get that talent. Does it sound fair to you that Pangos Ulti lasts thirteen seconds? When you think about what it does,
1: I I think they should remove that talent. Still, yeah, I I think so too. Actually, but that's my kill that
0: talent, and I'm happy. Honestly, I feel
1: like Uh, this is like a one—the first step in a process of steps they're going to have to buffing the right-click build. That's my hope and dream. Uh, So we'll see,
0: but. So yeah. What, what they did do is, so they gave it two effect. seconds and then they reduced the damage slightly and reduced the speed slightly. But in raw numbers, the speed got reduced by 10% and the duration got increased by 25%. So to me, that's a flat out just clear buff to the spell. I know in some situations it's going to be harder to connect on heroes because you have a bit, bit less move speed. But in most, in most team fights with this spell, it does two things. Either it stuns people or it zones them and just breaks up the fight. And you just get to break up the fight longer, which is really, really strong. So I think the hero overall got buffed from this, but I'm not a pango specialist. No, I agree. Shield Crash got buffed on all levels as well. So just got way better.
1: And the hilarious thing, before we move on, this level 10 talent, two mana regen to 1.5. Who the fuck got this talent? Nobody gets this talent. Literally nobody. The other one that gives you 400 extra swashbuckling, that's absurdly better. So yeah. that is shocking to me like what the hell but okay fair enough
0: yep okay uh phoenix shard rework causes sunray to slow enemies by 12% and be castable during supernova this is crazy it's really this good. shard is so wild i don't know where to begin like yeah, this, this has really to be an S tier shard just because phoenix has loved getting level 20 in the past which was when they got the talent that you could use sunray during supernova now you can take a different talent that gives Supernova 0.5 seconds stun. But the fact that you can buy this, so you can have a bad game on Phoenix where you're not very high level, if you can somehow, in this patch, you can always find 1400 gold. You get more passive gold from Bounty runes that are gone. Um, you know, stacks some camps, whatever. Some neutral items got buffed. If you find, if you find the Philosopher's Stone, it has 10 more GPM. Like you're gonna get the shard if you want it, and Phoenix has the luxury of buying basically whatever it wants, because as long as it gets its spells off, it's an amazing hero. Just hands down amazing. Sunray got nerfed a little bit to compensate this, but I think this is wild. And I think Phoenix got buffed overall, which is kind of crazy, because his hero was already insane. (laughs) I don't think this was needed at all.
1: Um, His old shard was the spirits surround you. You just have fire spirits all the time? Yeah, you have a fire spirit every
0: seven seconds for free. Okay. Uh, this shard is...
1: All right, we need to talk about crazy. Pudge. Apparently he's good now. Uh, base armor increased by one. That'll do it. Uh, but the big mm-hmm. change is actually the scepter, or sorry, the shard cast range on allies. So this is the one where you can eat allies and you uh, heal them dramatically. It The range has been increased from 160 to 400. So we talked about this before because I mentioned how good this shard actually is. This is the mm-hmm. old ag. So it used to be 4200 gold. Now it's 1400. The only problem is you need like an Aether Lens because the cast enemies are solo. Now it's 400. Yep. This is just a very good shard now. Like yep. Very, very good.
0: very good. What do you think of the hero as a whole, though, right now? Uh, I've played him, I think, two games in this patch. The base armor is noticeable. Um, you got 25 attack range, which is interesting. That's also noticeable. Hmm. And Hook got lower cooldown on all levels except level 4, where it's the same. And that's a really big buff because this hero is the Hook, right? That's what you pick it for. So overall, clear buffs. Um, And I really... So the tricky thing about a hero like Pudge is that a lot of people in... The lower to mid range of MMR hate this hero because it's there all the time. this hero is so popular because it's really fun and very unique and kind of an iconic hero for the game uh, but people get sick of heroes when they get picked all the time so a lot of the time Pudge has been relatively weak because yeah because this this range of players would have it facing it every game and that would be annoying uh, but at the same time the higher skill the game goes into, the worst punch on average gets because people are better at playing against the hook, better at exploiting the hero's weaknesses. So it's kind of a delicate balance, I think, finding for this hero. Um, Right now, to me, he feels like the ways he has been buffed impact higher-skilled games more than lower-skilled games because this is buffs to his laning, right? Mm. Um, So I, I like this direction overall to still keep him not stupidly good for lower ranges, probably, but... I don't know. I like this hero. I th- I, I'm happy when Pudge is good. I think he's he's such a Dota hero, you know? Um,
1: I love him and I hate I him like because I hate it when people play him. But I love playing him mm-hmm. myself. So yep. good to see him. I agree. You love having
0: your 35% win rate. It's 45% most played hero. Nice. It's pretty yeah.
1: bad. I'll agree. I'll agree to that. Reminds
0: me of my Earth Spirit. Okay. Um, then we have... Do, do, do What's worth mentioning apart from this... We're almost there. SF got a base armor and his shard got reworked to reduce magic resistance instead of increasing your spell amp. So it works for the whole team. Yep, that's true. And his base attack time got reduced, which is good. So I think these these things, even though I say this and I say people underestimate how much it does, I underestimate it too. Like you heard with Necro, for example. These base things where your attacks just flat out get better, it actually really matters. I think this is a big buff to Shadowfiend. Um then okay, Skyfrost Shard. Shot, I want to mention yeah. this.
1: Yeah, reworked shard <sighs> this one's... It's so weird. The old one was ancient seal. What did it do again?
0: Uh it it gave status it resistance. Just... Uh it improved the duration of debuffs on the target, right? Right, right. Of all allies. The new one, every time you cast abilities, you gain 5 int and 1 armor for 35 seconds. Uh, Sounds cool. Why does this hero get armor? He's squishy. Yes, that's the design. Why does he get armor? That's the hero. He's a spellbuster that does not have tankiness. Why does his shard give him armor? It's so random.
1: Yeah, It is random. Know. I think it's like, cool. We'll see. I've never seen it in a game as of yet.
0: So I conceptually dislike this because I feel like it goes against the heroes like like the design. I I feel boomer. like this is just That's a boomer moment kind
1: of, right there. Cinder. I guess
0: so. I guess I'm just old and I don't like armor. Um I think giving it int obviously makes sense. Like that is how the hero works, but this this armor just feels out of place for me. It's it's just weird. Um and that doesn't mean it's bad. It, in some games, this is going to feel really good because you cast a lot of spells and you get armor um, against some heroes that could keep you alive. But it just, yeah, once again, it feels like it doesn't fit the character whatsoever. Um,
1: uh, Slark got so a shard upgrade. Uh, this one it is It was sick. changed from the fish that he threw, which was probably a bottom five shard at the time. It was pretty bad. And now grants Depth Shroud, which creates a 300 AOE cloud at the target location for three seconds. All allies inside the radius are hidden and have increased regen and movement speed. So it's almost like the old Ags that nobody ever bought where it surrounded you anywhere you went mm-hmm. during Shadow Dance with a Shadow Dance, essentially. Now, this one is obviously different because it's in a fixed location. But you get a shit ton of regen
0: from it. Um, the thing and you said good. about Must Buy earlier... Really? That you didn't like that something yeah. was a must-buy, is- I think this is a must-buy. Really? Yeah. Oh. It's actually that good. I think conceptually this is fucking incredible. So okay. I have yet to see it, so, but it sounds cool. So think of it, think of it this way you your hero transforms from, so Slark's biggest weakness as a hero is that once his escapes are down, he can't really fight most of the time. Then he has to leave the fight and reset. Um you give yourself another ult with this. It's obviously a static ult. You can't like move freely in it, so you still need to be in the area. But think, the way I think of this is that you pounce on someone to start the fight. Then you can you can just shroud yourself. Mm. And the only thing that can hit you is ground target spells. It, this is exactly like your ult. So you can hit inside it, and you... Lena stun can hit you, but all targeted stuns, all targeted silences, all targeted nukes won't affect you. Three seconds. That's the duration of your pounce. So... Your pounce is kind of just safe. Cooldown is really long. It's 75 seconds, I know. But when you initiate into a team fight and you have this to cast on yourself, you effectively get to keep your ult. So you have that later in the fight, which is really, really impactful. Um, this maybe allows you to, in some cases, bypass BKB. Because you get this extra save. And now we're just talking about it from Slark's own perspective. But think about what you can do for your team with this. Just Getting having this in is fights... Hitting high ground, like anyone gets jumped in your team, yeah. Throw a depth shroud on them and they're untargetable. You, you just have a hard save basically for your teammates. The reason the Aghanim Scepter felt bad in the past was that it was it cost three times as much and it was around you, but this you can just target 800 cast range. I mean, in I some situations, to, to me, this sounds moving and be obviously, but yeah, and like it no, sounds
1: insane. I agree, strong. sounds cool.
0: Um, all right. But well, I, I don't know that. if I'm overacting here and this isn't a must-buy, but instinctively it feels like a must-buy to me almost. And again, like we talked about, maybe that means it's just too good, but let's see when we get some games.
1: I'm going to say it's not a must-buy. I don't think it's on the same level as Bounty and what was the other one? There was a second one that was... Grimstroke.
0: Grimstroke, yeah. Yeah, Grimms is wild. Okay. Okay. Um, funny take aim change I want right. to mention.
1: Yeah, what the hell is uh, this
0: change? So the active on take aim before gave you one attack with double range, which was kind of weird, right? I That's never like liked it. Yeah, never. yeah, I always found that strange. Now it's a four second duration where you get true strike and thirty percent headshot chance plus. So what's the chance already? Is it forty? So you have seventy percent chance uh, to headshot for four
1: seconds. In my games, it's hundred percent. So this yeah. would make it a double. Hundred forty. Hundred in thirty.
0: Hundred. Yeah. Uh, I believe it. But then in return, you move thirty percent slower. Uh it sounds like so I didn't demo this, but based on the wording, I would believe you can't toggle this off.
1: Right. So it's, it's like a commitment thing. Yeah. You
0: cast for four seconds, you move slower, and then you get true strike and headshot chance. Sounds cool. Um it especially the really fact that you annoying. have this you have really it for free. Annoying. This is not a shard, this is just right. part of take aim. Uh I think this is powerful. And I think sniper needed a buff, so this oh, is he got another buff in his lifting. shard,
1: which was obviously not mm. that good before the concussive grenade that it allows you to bounce yourself now. It's almost like a Zeus little mini force staff with his shard, right, so more yeah. mobility for a hero like sniper that just gets destroyed by mobility on the other team, so yep see if we talk yourself back four hundred fifty
0: radius when you cast concussive grenade
1: yep, not bad okay. um
0: let's see. Getting Spectre close to the shard end here. now
1: targets an enemy here that damaged you in the last eight seconds, and you can ground target to find the closest valid one. So, this was changed before you had to, I believe, you just clicked it, right? And it went to whoever hit you last. Yeah. So now you have to. I love
0: that design. I have to say, I loved the old one. Did you ever see it? I barely saw a specter, so no, True. but I don't think that was the shard's fault. Uh, the reason I like the old one is that I thought it was really, really high skill cap, and like the clutchness factor was really high, right? It felt like you need to be really aware and press it at the perfect moment to make a cool play. And it was like high risk, high reward. I guess the new one's just flat out way better, right? It costs 100 less mana, and you can target anyone who damaged you in 8 seconds. So, this one is just way better. I would have liked to keep the old design and then empower you somehow. Instead, so that it was the last target you, who damaged you, you jumped to them, and then you would deal bonus damage to them or something. Yeah, she needs bonus damage. It's the last I thing thought, she needs. I Jesus. thought it was cool, the old one. I really liked that design. It was one of my favorite shards in the game. Not mm-hmm. from a how-good-it-was perspective, but I thought the design was awesome.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: Um, but anyway, this this one's just better, so good for Spectre, obviously. Um, we're, Let's see... Timber got one base armor. This had me laughing out loud when I read through the patch notes. By the way, um, <laughs> I thought that was really fucking funny. Uh, a buh, lot of buh, heroes buh, got
1: buh. one increased armor. Why was that one yeah.
0: funny? Because it's Timber.
1: Doesn't it, how's that? Timber fun? has a
0: million armor already. Yeah, but look <laughs> at his uh, armor. look at his reactive armor. It got nerfed. <laughs> yeah, but not the armor part. Okay. I, I thought it was. Don't you see the irony in Timber getting base armor? I thought that was ironic.
1: Man, I, am um, I the only one that doesn't laugh at patch now? <laughs> yeah,
0: I just look I'm, at the so first psycho. thing I look I
1: at is centaur. I'm like, oh, God, why, why did you yeah, do you this, this to my baby? <laughs>
0: um, oh, Tiny shard, this is I've a big one. Tr- oh, you're uh, a little bit wait. further. Oh, yeah, yeah. True, true. We need Tiny. Yeah.
1: Tiny rework shard upgrade now causes true grab to have no charge limits. So basically, re implementing the old Tiny again, like I've been wanting, the carry Tiny. Not sure if yes. this is good enough yet, but I've been hearing things from pro players saying that maybe, like we've been seeing Mm experimentation, so hopefully, no, fuck, support Tiny. This hero needs to be core for God's sake. Jesus. Mid or carry, please.
0: Good hero. I think, so remember when you could buy Scepter to get the tree grab. Yeah. I missed that. Now it's a shard. So it's 1400 gold to be able to grab and obviously the stats on the old Way different. The old tree was were different, but this sounds really good to me still. Tree grab still does quite a lot. So having no charge limit on that is, is pretty good. Yeah. Um I, I could see this true. becoming a carry. I could. Thank you. Once again. I hope so. Um, then I wanted to mention oh. triant shard gives invisibility against trees. Mm. Or near trees <laughs> against trees. So that's back to the similar to the old one. When you have the shard, you can walk around the trees with Invis now. We
1: come full circle in Dota. No doubt.
0: I want to talk about
1: Troll's shard upgrade. Rampage is a new skill. So instead of the old battle trance where it would provide attack speed for you and all allies globally, you now get a new skill called Rampage. Globally causes all allied heroes to gain 70 attack speed or 25% status resistance for 5 seconds based on whichever stance Troll is currently in. So if you're in range form, it gives attack speed. And if you're in melee form, it gives status resist. The thing I don't understand about this word, I haven't gotten to test it myself, I've been mm-hmm. told it changes dynamically as you change back and forth.
0: Really? But that
1: doesn't make sense because it says it lasts for five seconds. So, like, how, I don't understand how that works. Can you just get both you buffs? You place just-
0: a buff on every ally for five seconds, and then when troll changes stance, its effect just changes during those five seconds. Okay. I didn't think of it that way. That's pretty cool if it's dynamic.
1: It so- I like, like this
0: design-wise. I think it it's cool. It sounds
1: but I, like it's good to me. It sounds good.
0: Like I like the design it. that it matters what form you're in, but it gives status resistance, so I hate it. So.
1: I know you're going to say that. I love I, this. I,
0: I, I don't like status resistance. I'm trying
1: it. Okay, moving on.
0: Um, But, yeah, conceptually having something where it matters to your allies what form you're in, I think that is a really cool design. I don't think status resistance is cool. Thanks.
1: By default, you can just do melee because attack speed is kinda like the old one where nobody ever purchased it anyway. It feels a little bit situational.
0: Ursa Shard yeah. is really good. Oh yeah. This I one's think. a
1: this is an S tier. I'm putting this, this in S tier. Fucking
0: amazing. So you get when you cast Earth Shock, you get enrage for 1.5 seconds. And it reduces the cooldown of Earthshock by two. So That puts Earthshock's cooldown down to six from eight.
1: And keep in mind, the twenty talent from before that they removed is minus three seconds. So you almost get the twenty talent for free with the shard. Mm -hmm. Because I think the Enrage, like I think this is still S tier without the cooldown reduction. Do you disagree with that? You get Enrage for a second and a half every time you go in with Earthshock. I think it will still be good. Yeah, that's crazy good, amazing shard.
0: Very, very, very good. Okay, Um, we're getting to the Um, end here. Yeah, I think think that's about it, unless, let me see, yeah, those are the major ones. Uh, Shout out to my Wyvern, one of my favorite heroes, actually got buffed a lot, I think you're going to see this hero more, but there's like no new, yeah, the shard actually did get changed um, a little bit, so it went from giving, so when you've, encase somebody in Cold Embrace, then when it ends, it would shoot out Splinter Blast and it passively increase the damage of Splinter Blast by 80. That passive damage increase has been removed and now instead the Cold Embrace cooldown is reduced by five seconds. So it's more of a... You can save more frequently in fights and you can more frequently push waves with this. I love this hero. It's one of my favorites. And Winter's Curse got buffed a lot. I don't want to go into all the specifics, but that and Cold Arctic Burn, which is notoriously one of the longest cooldowns of any laning spell in the game, went from 50 on level 1 to 42, which is a very big buff. Um, Wyvern got a lot, lot better in this patch. I've been playing it. I feel super good in the games. So I'm glad that you very feel super
1: to. good playing games. So yes, what are your overall, as we're going to get to the new hero next, what are your yep. overall thoughts on everything else patch It sounds like you're pretty happy.
0: Yes and the biggest the biggest thing for me was what we talked about right in the beginning uh we didn't mention all the map changes we're not going to go over all of those but the the short version is there's a lot more juke spots in trees uh there's more like variety in movement it's less defined what you can and can't do um and yeah i mean that's pretty much it with the map changes that and the ward spots which we already covered so Okay. Yeah, I like it. Uh, so far, I've been enjoying it, and I've enjoyed the way it looks, but the thing we always need to remember is whenever a new big patch drops, things are always chaotic, and it takes some weeks to stabilize where people figure out the map better, figure out the economy better, uh, but so far, I'm very happy with the, especially the, the bounty room changes. I just think it's so much nicer.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how... Man, I was going to say I was underwhelmed, actually, by the patch, but maybe I'm closer to neutral, because I didn't really need anything to further excitement because I've been enjoying playing Dota anyway. Uh, I mm. think it's impossible to see like some of the things that I had issues with in the last patch, if that were even corrected, like going high ground is miserable, I don't know if that's still the case, I haven't played enough games to know. Um, I still think there's some heroes that I'm not happy with, like just their design, but that has nothing to do with the patch, right? Like the Arc Warden storm spirits of the world. So I think I'd say I'm pretty neutral. It's not like a patch I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing, but at the same time, it's like, man, this patch sucks ass. Uh, I asked I just, my Twitter oh. what they thought, mm-hmm. just to give you an idea of just a small number. Let's see how many people actually voted. This is 2300 votes, their thoughts on 7.29 so far. 38% said amazing. 50% were basically where I am, neutral. And then 11% said terrible, just to give a random What do you there. think
0: about the scale that you gave them?
1: I knew you were going to say something stupid like this. What, what else would you want? How would you have asked? Amazing, so-so, and terrible.
0: Uh, uh, oh, yeah, you can only do three, right? Or can you do five options th- on Twitter?
1: I'm thinking there's four. Okay, I don't yeah, think you is can is do better. five. I don't think you can uh, do five. Okay.
0: Could all right, well. I feel I feel like there's quite a gap between amazing and so-so. That's all I'm saying. That okay. you can really you can like the patch, be like it's not amazing, but it's definitely good. And then if you have to choose, you would pick so-so, right? That's what I'm I saying. Guess. I mean, so there might be a lot of the people that picked so-so that are happy but aren't blown away. And then this makes it look mediocre when, as a matter of fact, it's good. You Know what I mean?
1: Like large majority yes. people are not disappointed. So-so yes. means that's are Right on the threshold, so that that's fine. Uh,
0: I have one final thing I want to mention about the patch that I realized we missed, okay. and the reason I think this is important is that you're going to love this, and for some reason you didn't say it. Heroes with 1.0 turn rate now have 0. 0.9 turn rate. Heroes with 0. 0.5 turn rate now have 0. 0.6 turn rate. The vast majority of heroes, I think, the way I remember it, had 0. 0.5 turn rate. Yeah, but so not Pango, the, Cinder.
1: Not Pango. The he got nerfed.
0: average See? hero... The average hero turns faster. That is something you like. You know what we could do is just get rid I like of the, the turn rate entirely. No, 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 no. Just get rid that's of it. That's wrong. So you know? the incorrect. The thing that's nice about this, I like the, I like that they pull closer to each other, and I like a slightly faster turn rate. I actually think that's fine, but I would oh. not want all heroes to have one turn rate. You know what's that's interesting it. about this? I'm just. Hmm?
1: There's no way for us to even test this, even though I've been doing this in my mind over and over again. If ice frog had changed it to one point you know what the conversation would be right now man this feels so good i can't believe nobody ever thought this is terrific nobody would care Cinderin. okay except for you you're the exception to the rule because sure. you're a boomer okay
0: <laughs> yeah i guess so i like turning slowly it reminds me of myself in real life um
1: are playing Jakiro, finally-
0: just miserable
1: i know haven't played that hero in years because of the turn rates it's miserable to play all right Gah. go ahead.
0: Okay, and finally, the best grammatical construction in the whole pa- patch change log. Listen up. Turn rate effect on time to turn improved by twenty percent. Yeah, I don't know. I read that, that like three times before I was like, oh. So what does it mean? Turn rate effect on time to turn improved by twenty percent. So it means that the effect that turn rate has on your time to turn has been improved by 20%. So it means you having turn rate modified makes you turn faster. I think now I doubt myself again while reading it. Okay. That's good. Turn. Great. good. I'm glad we yes. had a, a two
1: minute conversation about this absolutely useless topic. Okay. Two minutes. Uh, what do you let's, mean? let's move on to the new hero. Yes. Let me, what's her name again? Um, Dawn, <laughs> Dawn Breaker. She is a strength melee hero that, uh, well, we don't need to go over the skills because you guys have probably already seen it or you can watch a spotlight video uh, at Dota Cinema that is now outdated because they buffed her literally the day day after. Uh, what are your thoughts on this hero, Cinder? We're going to do three categories here, okay? Okay. We're going to do the balance. hmm like how balanced she is, the hero visual design, how you think she looks, her spell effects, the way her model is, and all that stuff, and then conceptually, like how do you like the design of this hero? Okay, yeah. so let's start. Let's we'll do a back and forth. Okay. So balance wise, so balance wise, she came out. So this is the thing people have to understand. Let's forget about the the uh, what's the right word? The anomalies, like the Arc Wardens or the Earth Spirits that come out that are very high skill capped. Okay. okay. Generally speaking, you take a regular hero that doesn't have a crazy skill cap, you bring them into the game for a bunch of people to play. Let's say it's perfectly balanced. It's obviously not ever going to happen, but let's just theoretically say it is a perfectly balanced hero. The win rate will be higher than 50%. It'll be, I don't know what it would be. And the main reason it would be higher than 50% is because people are not, they don't understand how to play against it.
0: The knowledge will favor the. Person playing it because it knows the hero better than the average opponent.
1: Correct. And this is not yes. something that's corrected overnight. I mean, it gets a lot better, obviously, but this could take weeks, theoretically. So, having said that, so what I'm saying, if it's a perfectly balanced hero, I have a higher than 50% win rate. It had a 35% win rate. It was dog shit. Of course, one of the reasons, and I played it on the day one, the W, the second skill, literally just stopped working halfway through the game and I could not use it again. I played with three abilities. This was a common bug, apparently. And they fixed it, but did not return my MMR, sadly. So she was a 35% winner. That is the, probably the lowest I've ever seen on any hero that has been introduced to Dota. So having said yeah. that, they did buff literally every one of her skills the next day. And she now has, basically at all levels, around a 53% win rate last I checked. Which, again, based on my theory... That's quite balanced, actually, in its yeah. current state. Maybe even a little bit underpowered still. So balance-wise, I think she's... Could actually probably in the future use a buff if things even out, but we'll see.
0: What do yeah. you think? I think I pretty much agree with everything. She was way too weak when she came out. She got major buffs, and now I think she's in a relatively good spot. I've been playing this hero, I think, three or four, maybe five games. Uh, I feel pretty good overall in the games, so... People still, I think, love to hate on it and say that it's trash, but I think they need to get good then.
1: <laughs> get good, son. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hero visual design. What do you think about the looks? This is going to be my favorite topic, I think.
0: Uh, <laughs> I think she's thick. Okay. So let me have a look. I'll I just, like the fact that she's thick, the by the
1: way. It. I actually like that. I'll just
0: put it on So... Obviously, from a lore perspective and how the, like, what she's supposed to represent, I like that. I think her hero model is. Wait, did they reduce it now? Did they, was that an undocumented change? I didn't know. Or is her size the same? You remember when Grimstroke came out, he got nerfed in size really fast, right? Because the model was too big. Yeah. I felt the same way about Dawnbreaker, but now that I look at her in game now, yeah, she's maybe still a tiny bit. The model size is maybe a tiny bit too big, but. Overall, I like I like the looks. I like the looks of the spells. I like the feel of the hero. Um, something that is a little bit special about this hero is that hmm. I don't know if you will. Well, you're talking know about hero I mean concept by right now. We're talking about visuals. Right, but that's part of the visuals, right? Is okay. how she looks and how her spells look. Isn't that what you meant?
1: Yeah, but you said this is how she feels. That's design. Just trying to segment this into three oh, concepts. I thought she
0: felt big. In model size, so okay. that's design, right? Fair enough. So, I think her uh, her overall spells I like the look of. I think it's it's a bit special for Dota because it's very bright and radiant, which the game by design has doesn't have like necessarily like a very flashy palette. Like the spells are darker than say a game like League of Legends or. I, I don't know how Han was. I felt like Han was just a clusterfuck of shit. I didn't know Han, what was going well, on. In
1: Han was very dark themed, which I liked. That a lot.
0: seemed very dark to me. Yeah. Uh, what which the bit I, I saw, but I don't know if that was just the few games I watched. But, but yeah, she's very she's very bright and radiant. But I think that's cool. I think it makes her stand out, and I think that's the way the hero is meant to be with how she works with her spells and uh, like everything. So I'm happy with it. I think it's cool. Okay.
1: I, okay, first of all, I know who made the model, so I, I need to give props mm-hmm. to TV Dot, though, because in terms of, so this is the thing, right? I'm going to offend some people. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the actual quality of work done is very good, okay? It has high quality, like, like, if you're just looking at it from a, des- God, how, do I, how do I give a compliment to this? <clears throat> in terms of craftsmanship, it was well done. Now, in terms of how I think it looks, which is a completely subjective thing, I, can't, I hate it. I hate it a lot, actually. You hate this hero. I, no, 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 I, no. 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 All right. No, okay. The way it looks visually, like yes. the spells are fine. The spells are fine. Mm-hmm. The model itself, it just... It, again, I'm not going off of Reddit. I know that this is a big thing on Reddit. I understand mm-hmm. that. But I thought this, the second I laid eyes on it, this is a mobile hero. If I go on to Clash of Clans or whatever the fuck these apps are called, it's gonna have a hero that looks just like this, and right? For, I know what you for mean. some reason, it bothers. I don't know why it bothers me. Usually, this stuff does not bother me that much, but for some mm-hmm. reason, it does here. It you talk about how it's different because it's bright. Like the last few heroes that have come out, like Mars, is actually a lot like this as well, which I didn't like his model either. And then Hoodwink, another bright, cuddly creature. I, I want some dark demon fuck. In the game all right you think we need mars This bright need a mix no he i think his color scheme is obviously darker but if you look at the the style of art it's actually right. very okay. cartoony
0: i know what you mean very yeah.
1: cartoony like this one which i don't like now having said that i play valorant so i can get used to that shit. it doesn't bother me for that long but the fact that it's in dota when it's mixing with all these other characters that don't really have that it rubs me the wrong I, way
0: personally i could see why you think it's a little bit out of place basically so, okay,
1: so that's the visual. When
0: design. I yeah, so I just wanted to say as well, when I the moment I booted when the patch dropped and I was like, holy shit, the patch is out, I'm gonna go look at the patch logs. The first thing I thought, the moment I saw the art for this hero, I was like, this looks like a hero out of League of Legends. That was what yeah. I thought too. So like I totally know what you mean. It feels like from like just overall visual design, it it fits in those universes as well. The reason I don't mind it too much is that. First of all, the way her looks compare to her spells, I feel like match very, very well. So it's like the hero is, it's like in harmony with itself, at least, right? You could imagine the hero would look totally different to how its spells feel, and then it would just be fucking weird, right? Like if it looked like a cartoony hero, but then all of its spells were like some demonic shit, you know what I mean? At least there's like parody between the looks and the spells. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, that makes sense. so that's, that's how I feel. So I feel first like of all, given, that, at least there's, sure. there's
0: there's there's parody, and then um lore wise the type of hero she is. I believe it she's I can't remember what even like you should ask slacks about this shit, but like as far as the whole cosmic thing that they've got going on with like Elder Titan and stuff, she kind of fits into that um so
1: by the way i I, I forgot to mention I something still, yeah I forgot to mention that I was right. They didn't put mm-hmm. a hero from the anime.
0: Correct. Now, do you think this was Valkyrie? Yeah, I think this was Valkyrie. I, I think, think so, The too. way
1: that I look at Valkyrie is, uh, it's just it was just a code name anyway. I wasn't expecting a hero to actually be named Valkyrie. Hmm. Um, and I'm not surprised that this hero, I, I don't care if the hero is the anime or not, it doesn't really matter, but knowing Valve and how they work, there's no way they were planning around this. I promise you, there's no way. So it. I would have been shocked, actually. I said this on the podcast. If this but was the, actually an anime, you
0: anime. need to remember the anime is like has been in the works for well over a year. Cinderin. You don't just make. Some All I can say
1: is house. I know which I know what you're saying. I understand on a base level, but based on everything Valve has ever done, there's no way they plan ahead. That's just how they do things. Anyway, hero concept. How do you like the concept of the hero? How it plays, how it feels, the skills, etc. Okay.
0: First thing. Awesome that it's not mega complex. I think that was interesting because Susie came in and looked at the hero when it got released, right? She hasn't played Dota in many years, but she was like, oh, cool. A hero that isn't like super complicated. It's like most new heroes that come out have like super difficult interactions or some sort of complexity to them that, you know, a lot of people will celebrate and like that. Uh, I think it's nice that this hero is pretty much inherently very easy to understand. Uh, that is, a lot of my favorite hero designs in Dota are not complex. The heroes, the spells don't have like tons of different things that they do. Uh, They're just intuitively pretty easy to understand how they work, how you're supposed to, how you can play the hero with the spells. So I want to give props for that. I think this is a nice design. It's easy to play, uh, but still has a lot of skill cap to it through the way you use these basic spells. Like every hero in the game, even the most basic hero, there's a huge difference between whether you play it at a very high level or at a basic level. No matter how simple the design is, people are going to find the ways to min-max it. But I'm really enjoying it. I think it's it plays in a super fun way. The ulti is very, very unique. Uh, it's super rewarding to save allies and counterplay. Uh, it's rewarding to hit your spell combo with Hammer into Starbreaker or vice versa. Um, so... I'm a fan. I love playing this hero right now. Okay, yeah, that's good to hear, Cinderin. Uh, you hate
1: it. I, I'm a I'm a mixed bag on this one. Okay, first of all, this is something I forgot to mention. For this would go under visual design. I hate the name of this hero, Dawnbreaker. That also sounds like a mobile game. Now her name is Valora. That would have been fucking mm. awesome. That's a great name. Yeah, Dawnbreaker sounds awful. Mm. That's like imagine casting a game. Dawnbreaker. You're just gonna have to say DB and
0: then yeah, people but you are going to get because of dp right no but you also can't say db why because that's short for dumb bitch and that's also really bad is that
1: is that actually th- i can't tell if you're kidding right now is that actually the thing?
0: <laughs> it is in the dota community at least
1: <laughs> okay anyway on to because the, of the bulldog
0: stream i think <laughs>
1: of course all right on to the actual skills themselves uh so something conceptually I don't, like, at first like, and still don't. I, th- I think overall she's pretty clunky. That's my biggest gripe with the hero. Having said that, she's a strength hero that has my play style. So I will end up liking her over time. I'm 0-5 and five with her, by the way, just to give full disclosure. Uh, oh, let me see what the, I am. A couple of the games uh, were not my fault. One of them, of course, the into. W. The W didn't work the entire game, so it doesn't count. But the first ability, it... It feels like they're. It, it's almost like a tease that they're coming out with Dota on mobile soon. That's what that skill feels like. That feels like a copy-paste mobile move where you swing twice and then you stun, right? And it feels very clunky because so many things cancel it, which is really annoying. You can't cancel it, which is really annoying. When you throw your hammer, which is the W, which we'll get to, you apparently can't use your Q, which is really annoying. The ult, you can't cancel yourself. Once you use it, it's just you're gonna go, you can't cancel it anymore, which is really annoying. There's a lot of little, like little tiny details, like quality of life stuff that are really fucking annoying. Like it's actually really right. annoying to play. But having said that, I think hopefully they clean that shit up because I think the hero itself is a lot of fun to play. Like the the W being used as like a farming mechanic slash pseudo blink is really cool. I like that idea. The passive it's is a really
0: cool spell design. Um.
1: The passive is kind of generic. And if you look at the passive versus some of these other heroes with uh, you know, mm-hmm. similar counter, it's actually a weaker version of a lot of them. But I think it works well for her because it obviously synergizes with her first ability. But first ability just feels very clunky. Um, the ult is fine. The ult is actually interesting because it's from a mod. Uh, <laughs> it, there's a mod that we were... There's this guy... What was his name? His name is Bread. He's like mod maker from back in the day. And he made a bunch of different custom heroes, and we actually were working with him. And I was looking at some of his custom heroes for stuff that we might want to bring to our mod. And one of the heroes that I was interested in had this ultimate essentially. So it's not like it's anything new. But I think one thing that bothers me about people's perception is saying this skill is just like this from this game. This skill is like that's just how it's going to be. Like you're not unless you come up with a super convoluted, god awful, high mechanic slash high ceiling hero. Everything is gonna look like another ability. It's just how it is we've there's been too many heroes overall throughout so many games now, but yeah. generally speaking the play style I really like interested to see where she lands in terms of like position because right now like I saw you play support it looked pretty good, but i if I had to guess I would say it's probably position three but I've been seeing Topson play mid so it it seems like a flexible hero I just please get rid of the like put in some quality of life changes make
0: it not feel so. Clunky. The clunkiness so, bothers me a lot. Okay, so let's say, as an example, let's say you can cancel Starbreaker when you want. You can cancel your ult if you regret casting it, but you still lose the cooldown. And you can use Starbreaker while your hammer is out. I, that feels weird to me. I feel like the hammer actually needs to be in. It doesn't make sense that you can Starbreaker when you're not holding your hammer, right? Why? Why?
1: Just use your hand. What are you
0: Starbreakering with? Wh- why, can-
1: why can you attack? Like, if this is if you're balancing this shit on fucking lore, who gives a shit? Just make it feel good. I don't want to be able to not use an ability because I threw my fucking hammer first.
0: Pull it back then.
1: That's unintuitive. No, that is unintuitive. All right, that is fucking garbage. That is terrible. I like
0: but- I like that design because it puts it puts value behind the decision that you're making Holy of throwing shit. the hammer. It's a risk reward thing. That's good. All right, you can I rename like-
1: the first Here. ability
0: to Fist Breaker. I don't give a shit. Whatever you want, <laughs> right it does. No, but the <laughs> thing about this design, the thing that's good, I inherently <laughs> like game design where you're risking something to gain something. I think okay. that's interesting. I think it's good when there are spells where you do something and it costs you something and you get something in return. Like Phoenix using health to cast spells or Morphling switching between agility and strength where there's a risk of dying or you lose something to gain something else. I think that's cool. So the fact that you throw the hammer and when the hammer is out, you can't use your first spell. Well... Play better, then. Think about it and use that first, or use it when the hammer comes back. Play your combo. You don't I, get everything do, for free. You, that's fine. You th-
1: yeah, but there's no, there's literally no point other than like, why not? That it's supposed to use a hammer for the first. But that's the, that's such a dumb argument though, because like balance wise, it
0: doesn't matter.
1: You think it's going to be broken? I don't think so. No, I don't I, think it's going to be I think be it will make the
0: hero quite a lot better if you could use the first spell out your hammer is out.
1: If it makes them better, then balance around it not feeling like fucking garbage, like every other hero in the game. No,
0: but that's what's unique about
1: it. That's all right. what's cool. Quality of life is very important to me in Dota. I get very passionate, and when something mm-hmm. feels clunky, it bothers me. This is why I don't play yeah. Jakiro and all those other god-awful turn-rate heroes. They feel clunky it, as shit.
0: It doesn't garbage. feel clunky to me, Shannon.
1: Okay. You're a boomer. I mean, when your reaction times are that slow, I've seen you in Valorant, Cinderin. okay? What
0: do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean it's not clunky for me All because right, I, I'm slow? Cinderin played Valorant me. I have with a me. reaction time of literally 2 <laughs> seconds. I throw the hammer. I'm like, "Hmm, wait for it to come back." And well, then when I you're miss my
1: first battle. I played Valorant with Cinderin and he was actually okay. He wasn't too I mean, I obviously carried him, but not too bad Cynderin, so I, kudos.
0: I, I considering it was my first game, I I think I did okay. You killed four people one round.
1: Well done. Okay. Yeah. I was uh, wild. Anything else on the New Hero before we get on to the, the general news? And then,
0: I mean, we're um, over, way over podcast time already, but we're going to... Yeah. I mean, it's a huge, huge episode, though. Huge so. milestone. Nope, I think that's fine. Nice. Yep.
1: Okay. Deserves it. So, some news from the week. Anna has returned to OG. <laughs>
0: OG. Yeah. We wow. Thought, at least I thought that wasn't going to happen a month ago, but... Really? recently i was pretty convinced it was going to happen because oh, okay. of the teasing and everything right
1: yeah so the in their tweet they or, was say
0: when... Jer- or was it jarex or anna or both because we talked about both and i said i don't think jarex is coming back but i think i might have also said i don't think anna's coming i don't remember anymore.
1: i thought we agreed that anna was definitely coming back and then i personally would be very surprised if jarex does and i'd be really sad actually okay. because Soxa does not deserve to get kicked he's <clears throat> extremely good very easy to work with uh Yeah, he's awesome. Anyway, when things go wrong and you're unsure where to go next, the only source of sunlight that you feel like turning to is your friends, your family, the ones that love and accept you for exactly who you are. Welcome back to OG Anna. That sounded like a MS-DOS reading from back in the day. Uh, Anyway, I mean, what else is there to say? He's going to be playing again. Uh, I guess they're winning TI for a third straight year. So congratulations in advance. Well, if
0: they don't, then the whole community will be like, Jarek's carried them twice. <laughs> so
1: Well, that's the thing I'm kinda scared of because I think Soxa might get a lot of blame when that's unfair. Yeah. Very unfair. It's
0: it's a really like from a community perspective, he's in a tough position because he's the only one that wasn't part of the roster the one twice, right? So people will target him more than he deserves. Yeah. Um and even if they win right? Even if they win or do very well in tournaments, people are still going to be like, they would have they won if it was Jarex or he got Gary. <laughs> I don't know. Like, There is no team in Dota, I think, that is as like polarizing with fans as OG, and that's because they've won TI twice, right? That's what it's like to be great like that. People love to hate and people love to support. But
1: the they were lucky time, twice, Sindarin. So. Come on.
0: Yeah, it was fluke. Get your big shit flukes. together. Yes.
1: Big uh, next thing, Weeha... Has been moved as a to a sixth man. I mean, that just means he's been kicked, basically, as far as I know. <laughs> from yeah. Team Enigma, they it I'll means he's still under
0: tweet. contract, so he can be bought out, right? That's what I'm reading, at least. Yeah, true.
1: As of today, we will be moved from the active roster and become our sixth player for the time being. Omar has contributed a lot to the team and the organization. We are grateful that he is part of the part of the Team Enigma family. I have to say that very carefully. He is free to pursue any opportunity he sees fit when it arises from the bottom of our hearts thank you
0: what do you think oh, about so, this it, one? so the wording says he's free to pursue any opportunity he sees fit means can mean two things either uh he can there's no like binding contract and he can join another team if he wants or that if he is eager to play for another team enigma will try to make it happen right there's two interpretations there I would be surprised oh. if
1: there's any buyout situation. I'd be very surprised. Yeah, it might, there might not be any buyout. It it's, a, it's, a player, it's a player. It's a player-owned org. That's typically not like mm-hmm. when you make a player-owned org. Typically, you're not going to have stuff like that. I mean, they probably don't even right. have contracts for God's sake. Like be real. Yep. Um,
0: um, yeah, I'm I sad mean, to see
1: this. I'm very sad. Yeah,
0: it's a shame. Uh, I like Weha a lot. He's a cool guy. He's funny. Uh, he's a great player. But the way this Enigma team has worked and him individually has probably not played his best Dota ever in the last months or year, so... Um, I think, without knowing the true dynamic of how Enigma works on an internal level, I think this team thrives off having Miracle mid. I, I really think so, I think it's his best role, I think it's the way he gets to shine the most, because, from my perspective, what has always made Miracle incredible is his ability to have the the foresight and the like having incredible playmaking potential. And you're just you're just limited in a different way on the carry position in that role. Like I feel like Miracle can't play to his full potential in that role. It just doesn't allow him to do what he's best at. It's kind of like putting some ale on carry. I feel the exact same way about that guy. So uh what they've done instead is they've put they're gonna put Miracle back in mid, I'm certain of that, because they found their replacement for Weeha, which is ILTW. Um yep. who is gonna join Negman play as carry. And we'll see how it goes. I think ILTW is a great player. Um he hasn't had the most success in previous teams, but I wouldn't say it is. He even played for OG for a while, so they obviously also see value in him. Um, the fact that that didn't work does not mean it was entirely his fault or his fault at all. There's always a lot of dynamic and moving pieces in teams. So uh, a lot of people are like, oh, no, not ILTW. I think he's going to do fine, um, personally. Yep. And I think the big piece is moving Miracle back to mid. I think that's going to revive this team at a higher level. So
1: Yeah, we will see. We will see. Yep. Uh, Snake King has also joined Team Tundra uh, to replace Biver, who retired uh, a week yep. prior. So that team is now Skeeter, Nine, Thirty Three, Snake King, and Fata in order of positions. Yep. Uh, do you, I mean that Snake King leaves? Uh, what was it? Penta Ace, which had a very promising lineup actually, um, to go to EU. What are your thoughts on that, Snake King? A seasoned you, veteran.
0: Yep. He's good. Uh, I think his best role is probably 3 still, personally. Um, really? Huh. Yeah, I think he's better on offlane than position 4, but that's just my personal opinion based on also based on results, right? I think the best results he has got has been on position 3, but either way, um, he's great at both roles. I think he's a good fit for that team and how they're going to play, so I think it's a good match. Then it's just about he's an American Dota player playing in an EU team during Corona. I don't know how... Much that's going to impact the near future with ping and stuff traveling. Um, but as far as the fit goes, I think he's a good pick uh, for that team. so:
1: Okay, And then last thing, uh, before we get to the mailbag, uh, DPC I, I wanted to do predictions, but we can do that actually next week. Uh, but DPC starts today. Uh, mm-hmm. I am doing NA again, so I'm going to be back in the saddle with uh, Mr. Jenkins and Dakota on the panel. Uh, we are a, a region that has been rebirthed. We got the respect we deserve now, and then people get stuck with me and Jenkins on panel. So uh, that You're should great. be fun. So it's fun. looking for, I mean, it feels really fast, but I guess obviously for teams that never didn't make it to the major itself, that's been a lot of time off now. So mm-hmm. excited to see some of these new teams uh, come into the fray. Uh, okay. Yep. Actually, no, I guess there's no point in doing mail questions today since we have so many things to talk about, Cinderin, because we are at the end of the podcast. This is episode 100. Uh oh, Cinder, have you seen In Bruges by any chance? Yes. <laughs> I yes. Have.
0: Are you lying? I watched it last night. No, I watched it. Prove it. Okay, before we go on. It was all
1: right. Cinderin <laughs> <laughs> has to prove that he watched it first because I don't it's been 2 okay. years. Okay? It's been 2 years. Okay. All right. So there's going to be spoilers. Again, you've had two years to fucking watch it yourselves, the audience, so I don't care about spoilers if spoiled
0: anymore. <laughs> now. If they get spoiled now, that's fucking awesome. This
1: movie's from, from 13 years ago. All right, so tell me, what's the story? Give me the storyline. What happens?
0: Wait, why do I need to break down the entire story? Can't you just quiz me a simple question about it?
1: Okay. Uh, what nationality was the person that had a heart attack in the tower in Bruges. I fucking knew it.
0: Did you watch okay, with dialogue? I'll tell, the, I'll, tell, I'll tell the story instead. Did you so, watch with
1: dialogue or not?
0: Yes, but also with subtitles.
1: Wait, what did I say? Oh, sorry. With subtitles, yes, that's what I meant. Yeah,
0: but I was yeah. still listening. So, I mean, their accents are pretty, pretty clear, right? But I don't want to say it wrong because then I'm disappointing you. Okay, so basically, I'll tell you the plot instead. So... <laughs> <laughs> which is what you wanted. So there's a guy who has, who's a hitman who went to shoot a... What is he? Priest. A, a father, a priest, whatever you want to call it. And as part of that, by accident, he shot a child. And because of that, he gets sent to Inbruges, And he doesn't know why he gets sent there on a mission by Harry. Uh, but there he is. And then it turns out that he's there because he is inevitably going to get shot. And that develops a lot of intricacies. I don't want to spoil everything.
1: That's fine. No, I that, kind of spoil a lot now, I guess. That's, that's good enough. I believe that you watched it. So what did, you, what did you think, buddy? Two years in the making. I'm sure I built it up too much for expectations. Uh, what did you actually think of the movie? I really it,
0: liked it. I actually really liked this movie. I knew it. I, I knew wouldn't it. say it's my favorite movie of all time. That's but fine. It's, that's fine. It's, your fa- it's still your favorite movie, right? No. No.
1: No. You know, it's I funny. This it's was your favorite it, movie. It's been so long since we've talked about this originally. It's turned into a fucking meme because you haven't watched it in two years. I will let me just go over it again. So, <laughs> this is probably a top five movie for me. personally. didn't you say it
0: was your favorite movie of all time? No, back then. It's, no, no,
1: no. Okay. I said. Interesting. I think maybe you're misremembering uh, here. Well, mainly because it's been two fucking years, but also uh, because I said of the movies in my top five.
0: Oh, this was the this one, I would one like the most.
1: that you would probably like the most. Ah, yes. okay. And I think it's, it's one okay. that a lot of people, like a lot of the movies in my top five, are very global movies. People have watched them. This one is I like actually, maybe the most unknown of them.
0: I actually remember. I know you said that, by the way. I'm just quizzing you. Okay. Now yeah, tell shit, me the plot of Garden State. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, shit. Damn. How did you remember? Uh, Nikki wrote it in chat. Okay, oh, so shit, <laughs> you ruined worry, I don't, it, woman. Okay, I anyway. don't care what you say. So, um, so what I really liked about this movie is I think the reason you suggested this out of your top five was that I told you that my favorite movie was Pulp Fiction, um, yeah. and there's a lot of similarities between the movies in. I'd, I wouldn't necessarily say in the storytelling, but like the the, the importance of dialogue. Like, the dialogue is hilarious a lot of the time. It's also pretty offensive, and I think a lot of the stuff from this movie from 2008 would not get approved now. <laughs> I think things have That's changed. Right. Like,
1: By the way, the answer was an American that got a heart attack. I found that right. to be hilarious.
0: Oh, that was the guy you meant. Okay, yeah, whatever. Um, so so in, in terms of... Um, in terms of the dialogue, it has a lot of crudeness and it has a lot of, you know, terms that you wouldn't use in daily speech. It's just like Yeah, it's derogatory terms about uh short people, it's derogatory terms about black people. Or oh, was it? No, they didn't mm-hmm. use they didn't use derogatory yeah. terms about the black people. Keep but in they mind, made these, it clear. These are
1: hitmen, uh, so I yeah. feel like of that's course. probably how they are. You know, if I yeah. had so to imagine.
0: Th- Obviously, it's used as a it's used as a narrative tool to paint a picture of what these people are like, right? It's supposed mm. they're supposed to be crude, they're supposed to be evil, basically. Uh, but you can still you still get this sympathetic relationship, especially with uh, with Ray. Um, at least I did while watching this. Although there's there's quite a lot of sympathy in both him and the other main character, um, at least from my perspective. But. So that crudeness, I think, is a hit or miss, especially nowadays. I think it's not for everyone. Uh, Some people will find it offensive, will feel like it's not okay, shouldn't be there. I always, when it comes to language use, I always think of it like contextually. So I don't find that there are words that are inherently like, depending on what context you use words in, it makes a really big difference to me. So to me, in this movie, it's very clear why they're being used and what the characters are meant to be portrayed as, and therefore they use the language. But the reason I'm saying it wouldn't fly now is that I think there's been a direction where, and this is a totally different and much bigger discussion than this, but basically about representation of minorities and what it means that you normalize using this kind of language. To me, I see a character who is (laughs) meant to be an asshole, crude, and be an evil person use evil language. That does not make me feel like, oh, it's okay to talk like this in everyday speech. But it still normalizes a behavior where you do use these words and not everybody will use language in the same way and therefore it's more likely to be used in a negative way so that's why i think stuff like this wouldn't fly nowadays which i personally think is a shame because i love crude language i, I do i actually and disagree I with used, this take if it gets used correctly i'm surprised you're going then, i'm surprised you're focusing
1: uh-huh. on this so much because i think like in america we're the most sensitive of people right that's right. just how it is this the culture is mm-hmm. from america so, like, look at a movie like Django Unchained, which was even mm-hmm. more recent than this one. They use the N word a million times. It's context, right? Obviously, that is the the mm-hmm. worst word you can use in the U.S. at least, uh, right. but it's used all the time, and nobody has a problem with it because it's it's in context right. for that. So, you do you know, think this movie. movie
0: would get approved now? For example, I f-
1: think so. Yeah, it's rated okay. R. So, I mean, yeah, that's I think yeah, so.
0: of course, yeah. I mean, I, like I said, this was. So I watched this. I watched this movie together with Susie, right, and we had really different takes on it. Um. And what the reason I'm think? pointing it out – so this was what – she she didn't like it at all, which I'm not really surprised by. I, I, it's not her what? kind of movie. She's okay. w- watched Pulp Fiction in the past. She thought it was terrible. So, oh, okay. like, <laughs> it, it makes sense, uh, right? Like, yeah, I love no, both movies. She really dislikes both movies. It makes per- makes perfect sense. But <laughs> the reason I pointed out the language was that that was part of the thing that she didn't like about the movie. And this is not like, oh, she's uh, soft. Fair. She can't handle bad words. It's not like that, but – um. She cares a lot about minorities and representation with this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I think there's a valid point at at least thinking about this and how it matters. And we personally, like like I said, I really didn't mind it. I thought it was funny. Uh, I didn't necessarily think it was funny because of the words used. What made the movie really funny to me in a lot of situations was the absurdity of the whole thing. And that's the same with Pulp Fiction. like. The way scenes play out, the language that gets used compared to what is actually happening, like there's just, this contrast that's just fucking funny yeah. like it's just i
1: I, I think most people, and this is what I said. the reason I brought this movie up is because I think a lot of people haven't seen it, but mm-hmm. I genuinely feel, and I could be wrong that most people that like dark humor type stuff will hundred mm-hmm. percent like this movie that's like yes. for catered for them like the right. character that this is one of my favorite actors of all time, Ray Fines. The guy that played, I think he won an Oscar in English patient back in the day. He played Voldemort. A lot of people don't even know that. He played the villain in this. One of the most hilarious characters. Like the scene where he picked up the telephone and the inanimate object line, essentially. <laughs> yeah, you that, like that. I know that you like that. That is literally them. the funniest. I I would rewind that and watch it the first time I watched it. I rewatched that scene so many times. It's so fucking hilarious. Uh but yeah, I'm I'm glad you liked it, Cinderin, Yeah. Good shit.
0: Okay. Um yeah, what else what else can I really say? So, um I guess another similarity with pulp fiction is so apart from just the contrast of everything is like in the grand scheme of things for this being a 107 minute movie or whatever it is, there isn't like there isn't a shitload of character development. There's some, but it's not like a lot. There's not like very very major changes. It's more about it's more dialogue driven. It's more like scene driven than the overall bigger narrative. Like the big story in this movie is relatively simple. Right. If yeah. you think about it. Um, and so is it in Pulp Fiction. Like the plot itself doesn't have extremely many like surprising depths or whatnot, but, it's in the scenes. And that was another thing that we disagreed over because she really, I personally also really like character development in, in stories and in movies. And we've talked about this with video games that I care more about the story than I care about the graphics, yada, yada. Um, but I really like this movie despite not having that huge character development, just because I like the style of the scenes. But if they miss you, this movie doesn't have a lot for you, right? I think it's kind of a hit or miss movie where if you don't like the style of movie, what's in it for you, right? Right. It's like others where so it can be like, okay, if you don't like the humor in this movie and you don't like the type of scene design that they you're do with absurdity, like what does it have for you, right? Like if you, so if that's you like, why it was a total, I mean, we, total disagreement over how good this movie was. She gave it a two this. out of five.
1: <laughs> well, that's
0: so, it's not the worst. Like, uh,
1: yeah. I, I think, uh, like we talked about the fact that a lot of people are very into action-y stuff in movies. Mm-hmm. Like that's the most important scenes for them. And you're talking about the dialogue being most important. This is like right. the biggest contrast here. There's very little action. Like this is why I said turn on subtitles even if you understand the language because like I watch sub I use subtitles for literally everything I watch because I miss dialogue even if I it's the only language used cuz mm-hmm. the dialogue for me is just so important and this movie like without the dialogue is absolute garbage, right? The dialogue makes this for me yeah. like one of the best movies ever. So,
0: yep. Cool. I would give it I would give it a 9 out of 10. Wow, and she gives it a two out of five, like I said. And I don't <laughs> that's think a that's four a four out of out ten. Of 10. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it would be a three or a two out of ten as well. <laughs>
1: oh, what is that? Two and a half. That doesn't translate. A three out of ten. What is that I mean, ratio? I, it's not
0: my call to make. <laughs> I think it was a small two. Was the impression I got. <laughs> she basically she watched it for my sake, and even though I said you don't have to watch it, she still did it. So that was nice.
1: well but, I appreciate that. That's fair enough. Uh, fair enough. But yeah,
0: not a not a movie for everyone. <laughs> All right. She wrote three out of ten.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so just so to right just to that. throw it out there, Rotten Tomatoes. Let, let's just finish with what Rotten Tomatoes gives the great yeah. movie *In Bruges*, because when I go to like IMDb and all these other sites, the Metacritic, whatever the hell they're called, I, mm-hmm. the ratings are all over the place. Critics, eighty-four percent. Users, audience, eighty-seven percent. That's very good. So yeah. I think most and people on
0: IMDb, are like, it's seven point nine, and Metacritic is sixty-seven out of a hundred, which, again. I think makes a lot of sense, because when you look broadly, right, people are more likely to watch a movie that they think they will like, but there's also a lot of people that watch this movie that don't know what they're going to see, and then don't like what they see. Um, so I feel like movies like this are just unlikely to get a 90% plus, and I think the reason something like Pulp Fiction has it is that it has cult status to a different degree than this one does, so it's like a must-watch for people, yeah, and therefore they're more likely to see it and rate it higher. Uh, but... I think this movie and Pulp Fiction are very similar and very close in how enjoyable and good they were, uh, but absolutely not for everyone. And yeah, like you said, my, my take on the whole thing about language, uh, I thought it was interesting to talk about because that was such a big contrast in how we enjoyed the movie, mm-hmm. um, Susie and I. But it wasn't like, for me, it was not an issue and not a problem, but I can easily understand how something like this is can be, basically can be problematic and so can she be something to deal with. So she
1: won't like any Quentin Tarantino movies then, probably. They're I don't, n- I don't think that. so. They're all filled with I, that.
0: I don't think so, no. Um,
1: His style uh, of movies is very, like, I think it's yeah. particular taste, for sure. Yes. Uh, but I think most people still like it, I would, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Well, that, uh, that brings the end to the meme that is in Bruges. Uh, I guess I can't talk about that anymore. I have to think of something else. Uh, maybe you can give me oh, something actually, that I can
0: ignore for 2 years. That'd be great. Yeah. Actually, try to guess uh, try to guess what Susie's favorite movie is. Frozen. No. <laughs> <laughs> is that
1: not correct? No. That, there's a lot of movies to choose from. <laughs> I
0: don't know. You're like, what's the least crude movie I can think of?
1: <laughs> oh, Frozen. Something Disney.
0: <laughs> she she doesn't like Disney, actually. Oh, yeah. I don't like Disney either. No. Her favorite movie is American Beauty. Have you watched that? That's
1: one. Of, that's of a top 10 movie for me. Absolutely. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, she really very likes it. Very
0: good movie. movie. It's also very good. I watched it with her once. Yeah. Oh, you would. It, she had to convince me for like two years, but then I watched it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, nah, nah,
0: that's different. We watched it pretty quickly. You're less of a friend. Sorry. Yeah, okay. I understand that. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um I'm a really that's, bad friend, but at least I'm a friend. So
1: that's true. You're technically Could be worse. a friend.
0: Technically. Two, two two out of five friend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but it scales to three out of ten, just in case you're wondering for the larger yeah, scale. Understood. I mean that's uh, okay. All that. right, everybody, thanks for watching uh all of our episodes so far. Uh, we Say Things episode one hundred coming to an end. Thank you again for to Elgato for powering this episode among other episodes as well remember that uh, we will be going, our, our podcast will continue on Thursdays now instead of Tuesdays that does not include this week obviously we will not be in another episode in two days it'll be a week and two days thank you very much yep. uh, okay, until next time Suns Fan and signing out goodbye we subscribe. say things that don't mean anything